Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash radio, and you can get access to over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Charles Martinet celebrates March 10th like way more passionately than his own day of birth. Like that dude is just like, oh, it's me. It's it's my day. And it might as well be Charles Martinet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, point. but real talk, like I always feel like this dude has like a, a dissociative uh, personality complex where like he forgets that he's just this like middle-aged white dude with like uh like casual shorts that are just far too short like i don't know he (laughs) he totally reminds me of like what matt graining would look like if he took like a different route in life and was happier um i mean it's about as happy more happy as he could be aside from being the creator of one of the most beloved iconic cartoons ever but like i don't know i find i find (laughs) can you imagine like (laughs) is that that who we're talking about who who made who made family guy no i is that the Simpsons guy you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Really? I honestly just thought, I, I thought robots made that show by now. I didn't know if any human being was actually involved with that nowadays. No, they actually got the monkeys in that one episode to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't... Do, the thing with Seth MacFarlane is, like, if you if you put that dude on, like, some reins and, like, you get him to kind of just be more direct with his jokes and and not so fucking obtuse and like oh dude just have him wax soliloquies and just random obscure like irreverent bullshit non sequiturs like it it there's a there's a key turning point at some point where he just did not give a fuck like the show just became a sounding board like it was it was cool when it was like a subtly a sounding board for his nonsense and then it just flat out like just blatant. blatantly um, yeah, yeah. and then like and no one kept him on reins anymore because they're just like well if this dude can sell like a shitload of dvds and like fucking stewie whooping fart bags and keychains if he can keep if if we can keep moving stock at fucking like the local spencers just long enough like hell let him write whatever he wants to write Kind of like South Park, but South Park kind of started doing that a lot sooner than than Family Guy did. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think Trey Parker. They're still pretty relevant, though. Yeah, I think they're they're relevant, but at the same time, like you said, like they're like I would say they're probably the most blatant when it comes to just like disregard for being subtle. Like it's just, I mean, they they have not been subtle for a very long time. But I think at one point (laughs) in time when it very first started, they were at least kind of like pulling in the reins a little bit, but not not much. But then like. Once Chef died, it was like, because I, I do feel like, honestly, Chef was the only thing that kind of kept that show kind of a little bit on the rails because he didn't like a lot of the shit that they were doing and talking about. Oh, yeah. So he, he, was, he was the voice of reason. He, he was a straight man. Uh, yeah. And then, then he, he passed and it's like, nope, fuck it. Like, Kyle used to now. be the straight man and now he's just embittered. Like, he's just mm-hmm. a fucking, he's, he just represents. Shell of his former, she- yeah. former self. Yeah. Yeah. 
they're just it, it's so funny how he went full circle and like he almost like I don't know. There, there's a weird hypocritical irony, as weird as that sounds, like an oxymoronic like satire of like him embracing some of the stereotypes and tropes of of like his Jewish heritage, but at the same time mm-hmm. trying to dispel them. And like, I can't tell anymore if this is like Matt Stone just get, like getting more and more jaded, and Trey Parker getting too old to realize it. I, I mean, fuck, I don't even know who trades off the writing on that shit anymore. Either way, though, fractured butthole. Is it coming out on the Switch? It is coming out on the Switch. It is coming out, yeah. There you go. I think that should be the phrase of 2018. Is it coming out on Switch? Is it coming coming to Switch? (laughs) Put everything on the Switch. Yeah. I really like it. I really like this game, Into the Breach. Is it coming out on Switch? Like, that's (laughs) all I've heard this fucking week is that game's awesome, but when's it coming to Switch? So, speaking of which, uh, feature topics. Yeah, speaking of Switch, oh. Uh, oh. It's been over a year since Nintendo dropped the surprise hit of a console, and yeah, just a little over a year, it, seven days over. Yeah i I did not imagine that like it would it would just hit the ground running the way it did. But uh, at this point, God, man, I don't think it stopped. There's been there's been a ton of releases that I didn't expect. There's also I mean, we'll get into it, but uh, the future topic of this uh, week's episode, we're going to go ahead and talk about just the anniversary of the Switch. We're going to go ahead and uh, go into doing a bit of a, a yearly report, some afterthoughts on like some of the releases that we've seen, the upcoming releases, and uh, the recent announcements that uh, came out in the uh, Nintendo Direct that came out this week. Uh, among other things, we're also going to I don't know, man. It like how many how many more releases do we have before the Wii U's just a fucking brick? Uh, at this well, point, we've got six <clears throat> six releases. By my count, by my count, like two. No, man, we got major 3D releases. World, Pikmin three. Uh, fuck. There, what what other remakes am I missing? Uh, Tokyo Sharp. And oh like, yeah, Fe Sharp, and then uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X. And you're saying these are games that are going to be coming out? You think for Switch? No, no, I'm yeah. saying if they come out if, for the Switch, there's no point in oh, owning a Wii U. There's no reason to have a yeah. Wii U at that. Well, I mean, Which I think ties into disposable gaming. It does. It does. Yeah. And that was a pretty recent topic. I do also feel like it kind of does. You question, like, we're going to get into it, but like the games they announced coming out for the Switch, uh, particularly one melee battling fighting game thing with a hand. Uh, that you fight <laughs> a game where where many brothers are smashed ah see that's what i was trying to go for i like it that's a good way of putting it but a Should lot of people do think is that going to be a new release or is that going to be a wii u re-release we don't know oh no uh, we, we do. do we do yeah it's gonna we'll be it. It, we'll get into it okay i haven't heard the official words so i appreciate that for sure What are you drinking? What is that? 
I thought that was Fago. I thought that was Fago for a minute. That's Canadian Fago. It has to be. Wait, let me see the label on that shit. You know, we know we talked about Juggalos before. We know it's a no Fago. Big 8? What the fuck is Big 8? Okay, you're fine. It's made with with Atlantic pride. Always, always. <laughs> Big Eight, hit us up with that sponsorship, yo. Yes, sir. But this, no, this podcast that, was wasn't not that brought directed to you by, by Steven Eight. Spielberg. What the fuck is Big Eight? Uh, Big Eight is just like a knockoff brand of soda that was. It's made here in the Maritimes. Oh, okay. Like actually, like uh, more, that looks like the well, RC I, Cola I of think Fago. Can, it, it kind of is. That's awful. A little. <laughs> but I, it doesn't I, taste I, I'm bad. I'm sorry. I, I I thought it was Fago, and I, I immediately just started, like... <laughs> that's like saying that's the chewed bubblegum of Band-Aids. But... <laughs> uh, it's, it's not as bad as you think. It's, it's not bad. I wouldn't drink it if it was bad. We we have one around here. Um, It's made in Kentucky called uh, a late one. But it's like <laughs> A-L-E, the number eight, and the number one. Ale eight one, nice. so it's a late right. one. Yeah, it's I, it's supposed to be like nice. a ginger ale kind of a drink, but it's from Kentucky. It's the most hillbilly ass shit ever. Like it, it's just straight up corn syrup. That's all it is. Just mm. yeah. But, There's this mm. local brewery around here um, that also has an amazing restaurant, and like one of the the brewery itself just actually opened uh, an open restaurant that's an attachment to the brewery, and a new like hoppy ass lager that they just like it's a very actually no it's more like an amber ale which is great because that that's the stuff that i fucking really love um but it's blatantly it's just called uh taco truck taco truck beer which is okay nice like i've never seen something so superficially pandered to like somebody who has like just the slightest idea of what it's like to live in the central valley and it and like it fucking sells dude like it 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 flies off the shelves i and i have yet to try it myself but it's just it seems like i i almost don't want to cuz it's so trendy to just like drink it yeah yeah but but you have to know otherwise they'll pass it by i'm <laughs> oh, sure fuck. It, I'm it, 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 it's like the getting... new england style hoppy like hazy ipas the big deal right now and like everyone's trying to do like a hazy Oh yeah, like the shit that makes you grow IPA. hair on your tongue. Like it's just fucking mm. some hot some hot like, shit for mwah. sure. Yeah. Um gross. But anyway, this is uh Press Pause Radio episode one oh seven. We're definitely gonna try to get back on track. We had a we had a hey doozy of a a year with uh just a lot of other personal commitments, but also uh Golden Zonkeys, man. That took a lot of prep and but it's done. Yeah. Now we're we're just here. We're doing it right, and we're going into our ninth year uh, of recording and operating. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. Wow, I know those feels. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, gonna be crazy. insane. Like next year will be ten years of Press Pause Radio. I I don't even know. We've I, I don't even think we have anything to show for ourselves either. We've only gotten I worse. Say, <laughs> I, I, I I've never actually really wanted to be around people for ten years, and somehow we we've almost made that now at this point. So right. Yeah, you made Exciting. a baby. I keep thinking about it. you made two. You made, I made two, two babies. babies. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I I might end up leaving them for the podcast once it hits ten years. Yeah, I'll, I'll see you guys when you're sixteen or something. I guess I don't I'll, know. I got this yeah. podcast. I'll hold about. you to it. So, uh, to my left we have Serge, who's like I said, he's drinking some fucking discount store ass like Fago Super Eight. Um, Super Eight. Super Man, that's not even like a 99 cent store. Super 8 brand. was the Spielberg movie. No, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're getting that confused again. The, no, what is it? Spielberg it's Big soda. 8? Big 8. Big 8. Big yeah. 8. Yeah. Fuck. 
Uh, the, uh, I don't even see they, that they shit had, carried they, at like uh, 99 they cent had stores. A, they had a Dr. Uh, Dr. Pepper ripoff, I think, at one point. They called it Dr. Dr. Smooth or something. Oh, dude. Oh, I that... like that a lot. <laughs> our, our, ours is... um. There's one around here. It's like a Walmart brand, but I don't know what it's called. It's like Mr. Well, there's Mr. Pibb, of course. Like Mr. Pibb. Mr. Pibb is everyone kind of knows about. It's far superior to Dr. Pepper, by the way. I don't know about all that. But no, dude, every Dr. Pe- <laughs> I love how every Dr. Pepper like variant or knockoff has to like possess some sort of varying degree of medical expertise or like is dabbled <laughs> yeah. into the field. Like uh, I, I medical assistant eight. <laughs> yeah. Nurse practitioner. Uh, Don, Don. Yeah. I just want to see, I, dude, until I see counselor yeah. pep, I like, I, I want to see counselor pep. Like, even in some sort of, like, <laughs> fucking satirical, like, bullshit web cartoon. If I don't see Counselor Pep, then I know we failed. We have failed comedy. <laughs> um, Salt, MD. <laughs> I don't even... Fuck, uh, what is it? It's like prune juice? Yeah, it's just... It's carbonated prune juice. That's all Dr. Pepper is. I, no, that can't be it. Yeah, it's carbonated prune juice and, like, 22 other ingredients of bullshit. It's, like, one of the most unhealthy... Flavors of soda you can put in your body. I, I, I can oh, probably but, see that. But there's a diet version. Yeah, and just there, like the regular version, it'll render the, your butt into a soft serve. Like that shit also is just the ten one, the the Doctor Pepper yes. ten, because that's just for guys. <laughs> so so girls don't fucking drink this Doctor Pepper ten or whatever the fuck it is. No, ten uh, calories, but it's just for guys. Don't don't did, touch it. Did you guys hear about this bullshit that Frito Lay was talking about, where they were? currently workshopping like their R&D department spent fucking money and hours of research into developing a quieter potato chip when you bite into it because it has been apparently statistically surveyed that women prefer chips that don't crunch as loud so they're the chips that are being marketed specifically towards women I agree with that because I feel like Courtney will sometimes eat a chip so goddamn loud it sounds like it sounds like she's eating rocks and I, I, I want her to eat, like, rice cakes and, and nothing else. Like, you are not allowed to eat any kind of salty uh, snack anymore. Because, they, yeah, that's – it's a weird thing, too. It's, like, same with cereal. Like, cereal and chips always seems like they, they get chewed louder than any reason they have to be. That's <laughs> like how you know they're good. That's how you know you're I, enjoying it. How dare okay. you? Well, corn nuts. Uh, Corn now, nuts. See, see that guy, that guy up there fucks with corn nuts. I don't, I don't mess with that shit. Yeah, no, dude, corn nuts is I'm, what it's all I'm about. I'm around corn enough as it is. I don't need to eat it <laughs> as a snack. <laughs> I don't fuck with popcorn. I'm pretty sure that makes up for cup. like six of the fucking twenty some odd ingredients that are in Dr Pepper. Corn. Oh yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah, absolutely. Everything's in fucking corn, dude. Like seven, seven corn variants. Yeah. I it it annoys me even more. I don't know, man. I doctor doctor grains. <laughs> that sounds like a good beer, actually. I'd probably fuck with some doctor yeah. grains. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, psychiatric grape. Uh, that that doesn't even sound like a Dr Pepper knockoff at that point. That just sounds like some fucking purple fizz. Um, it sounds like a, like some kind some of weird drink. Like, some band. Opto- that's some tall wall shit. Like what you know about that purple drink? Um, yeah. To my right. Uh, we've we've got the innocent, the handsome boy, the good old boy, the Andrew. Hanshu. It's just because I it's just I have I have this this uh I call it the cop cut. <laughs> where my hair, where I, 
I, I, I got that. I got that hard part on on the side there. I know. I know what it is. That, that that's that's what I'm rocking now. I'm rocking the cop cut. So, oh, dude. Right. Yeah, I've already part. had this beard for so long that I'm, I heard I'm, it on the right too. I noticed. That's kind it's, of interesting. Yeah, man. It, it's just. Well, I don't know. Maybe the camera is inverted. I don't know. Oh yeah, maybe. I don't yeah. know. It, it's, I, it's, I, it's that Spunko okay, so, look, dude. It's that fucking like. Mm. Apparently, apparently, if your hair is parted on the right, it makes you less trustworthy to other people, allegedly. And I don't know. It's kind of weird. But you're right, though. I think yours is uh, is flipped over, so you're you're parted on the left. I used to part on the left. I hit my head on a fire extinguisher, and then suddenly I was parting on the right. It's kind of weird. That's some Fred Flintstone uh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Like you sound like I'm not gonna. I'm not hitting my head again, though. <laughs> no, yeah, because then you're parting straight down the middle. You're gonna look like that dude from. Uh, yeah, I, I drew blood the first time. Like, I haven't heard that though. That, that sounds like some pencil mustache, like fucking nonsense. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe, but uh, I don't know. I I can see that hairstyle being a thing. If I see someone like with a hard part like that, I'm like, I don't know. Just I feel like he drinks his coffee black and is kind of racist a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> Uh, wow, it's less a part nowadays though, as it attacked. is more a, like you kind of yeah. do like the one swipe over, and it just kind of does this. Ooh. Not Trump, not Trump, right? But no, uh, no, single thing. I yeah. wish I, could, I wish I could get away with a nice like like yeah. If I could do that, like comb it all the way back and slick it up, that'd be pretty awesome. I, I can't. Oh yeah, I I've can't. always wanted a pompadour, but now I'm losing my hair, so it wouldn't work. I've been having now, to you, shave you my head lately hair. just because. Uh, like it's just been a lot of maintenance, uh, skincare wise. So not, and it's just easier sometimes. Like, dude, having long hair is just a bullshit responsibility. I don't um, know how you fuck with that beard though, true. man. That seems like it's some kind of maintenance, honestly. Dude, it. I'm, I'm thinking about actually shaving it all off for at least uh um yeah, and I'm I'm so scared to see what's under there at this point. Like I've got <laughs> like this little thing here that's been poking out for days, and I'm just really pissed off at it. I just fucking break. hate it. Braid it, man. Just braid it. Make, yeah, make dude, a nice I'm, I'm going to name it like, beard. I don't know. That summer camp leg braid status. Just fucking Melvin. Melvin. Just fucking Melvin sticking off the side of my face. <laughs> fucking <hear> Melvin. <laughs> oh, man. Um, now you got to anyway. let him, bro. You got to let him live. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, He's gone tomorrow. So Let's... Press Pause Radio 107. Um, we are going to go and talk about the Switch. But before we do, we have. Uh, some bits of news on our radar. We're going to go ahead and, uh, dive into that. Then we're going to go ahead and talk about what's in our console. So what's in your console and what's in your console, what's in everyone's console. We're going to go ahead and, uh, touch base with that. And then finally we're, it's going to be nice. We're going to start the fucking year official and right and get back to regularly scheduled recordings and do it up. And, uh, we're going to talk about the switch and it's been a, it's been a fantastic year for this like little fucking tablet hybrid like phenomenon. I don't know. I I don't know what else to say about it. I I did not think it would I would be this excited about something like from Nintendo like this in quite some time. Yeah. But mm-hmm. let's go ahead and uh
hit them scoops. So hot scoops. Um, both of these scoops are big bummers, like big fucking bummer town jollies. They are not uh, not neither like one a of them month a be. month unwashed. Yeah, they're neither one of them are going to be fun to talk about. But it's awful. Yeah. I figured let's. I don't know. I, I think we're going to talk about the one that. Mm, I mean, they're both arguably depressing, but one of them has uh, one of them has a bit more of a hint of comedy to it. So I I don't know if we should save that for last. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and let, 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 let's, uh, get the first bit out of the way. Um, brick and mortar stores have been hitting some hard times, but, uh, none have been hit harder than Toys R Us, which, uh, uh yeah. they've already within the past six months have announced the closure of more than like half of their stores. Um, uh, I actually like where I'm physically located. I know that the the more the one in the immediate of me uh, is not going to be closed. However, a lot of the other ones in California, Sands of Bay Area, are, and it's just fucking it, it's mind boggling. Um, but now it's starting to be discussed uh, uh, based on the last shareholders meeting that uh, they had, and uh, some sources picked up by Wall Street Journal and other major outlets. That Toys R Us just might liquidate all of their locations, and there's just a little bit more going on with the bankruptcy process that they had initially anticipated. They thought that you know maybe after filing Chapter Eleven that they can probably recoup some of that and then you know keep things a bit more streamlined and and then try to go ahead and get back on that horse. But like, hmm, um. Uh, at this moment, it's it's not it's not looking bueno, um, and I don't know, man. I I feel like there was a there was a point in time where you could just you could tell that Toys R Us was on the decline, and I I don't know. I kind of find it a little hard to pinpoint. I want to say it was some point within the eighth generation of consoles, like at at some point there, like the moment, uh we had the Wii and then we had uh, the PlayStation three and the 360 all in there. And, and just with the advent of uh, digital and none of that PC gaming and everything. It, I, I think at that point it just sort of stagnated, but I f- kind of feel like there's more to it. Like, I don't know. I, I personally went to Toys R Us like major- out of all of my past excursions going to a, like a, a retail store for video games. I either went to Game Crazy or Toys R Us, and Game Crazy was totally out of the bias of the fact that I was a fucking store monkey that worked there, and I, like, took advantage of that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like, where did it go wrong? Where, where, When did fucking Jeffrey let us down? I actually well, have <clears throat> a strange theory about that, and, and Sarah, I know that you probably have something to add, but I just, real quick, I do feel like Toys R Us as an entity kind of started to go downhill once they introduced babies are us. I, I think mean, once I think once that became a part of their business, that took away from the overall business of Toys R Us because I I can be honest, especially as a father of two, once you start buying stuff for kids, you went to there for the baby aspect of it. You didn't really go there for the toy aspect of it at all. Um and I feel like that is kind of like separated their business, you know, to have like two different kind of ent- entities but still in the same like location 
Sometimes they were in different locations, but sometimes they were in the same building, Babies R Us and Toys R Us. I just feel like once they split yeah. and kind of like segregated that whole thing is when they kind of started to take away from one business or the other. Like instead of just making it all one store, I don't know. I just I just feel like that that's kind of where the divide kind of happened, but um, that's just kind of what I thought initially in my head. But go ahead, Sarah. Uh, well, to, to build upon that, uh, I, I definitely see where you're coming from with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, up here, the only Toys R Us's that we had in this area, and I think there's only ever been the one, um, has always had the Babies R Us aspect to it, or at least it has within the last, like, 18 years, right? Okay, okay. Um, but... Uh, I'm just kind of curious to know, like your Toys R Us is locally. If you've if you've been to one within, I I would even say within the last like five years, what were the employees like? Um, disenchanted. Uh, like none of them really gave a shit about. I like. It's weird because like you know you, I don't want to be that person that that comes off like an elitist and says that like you should really get someone who's in the know of the trade i want to say that like a lot of things especially with the advent of the internet have been more accessible for people to understand and know and i also want to like i want to encourage like consumer savviness so i don't think in that regard that like someone that's invested in in that like industry or culture should necessarily be the fucking go-to um the, the the go-to profiles to hire for your staff but in that same token yeah man it's it's just me personally i don't think it was the employees that really led to it a lot of it led to like the the, the discounting culture and like the fucking mega brick and mortar stores like i i think like when toys r us was in its prime it like satisfied a niche that not a lot of drugstores or markets really could compete with. And then mm-hmm. that gradually started changing. There was a lot more advancements, fucking Amazon and a resale market that was there, but was nowhere near as prominent as it is today to the point where like Toys R Us, like started going the way of Best Buy to where it was just like a showroom. Yeah. Or at the very least, like something that required, uh, like it was it was only really for the hardcore hobbyists who would be able to like invest in maybe some of the retail exclusive, uh, pendants and accessories and stuff that you wouldn't find anywhere else. And they they dude they had to succumb to that shit early on. Like when Skylanders came out, I think Skylanders, if anything, was one of the big crazes that kept Toys R Us afloat for a bit. Um. But it was actually with exclusives and things like that too. I'm sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like in terms of the long form, like traditional toy, I, like that that used to be such a wide demographic, and it there was always an adult demographic there. So I'm not I'm not going to discount that. But like from the 80s, 90s, and then on, kids of younger and younger ages just don't they don't fuck with toys like they used to. They just don't. Yeah. Yeah, they all have a tablet now or something. Yeah. That's all they have. Yeah. Yep. And like you that, don't even see uh, you don't even really see kids playing outside anymore. They're just kind of sitting around uh poking at phones and tablets all day. Yep. And I do feel like maybe this is just myself, but when I was younger, when I was a kid, I like you kind of mentioned uh George, like they didn't really have the big retail chains like the big super centers and the big superstores. I don't think they had the toy presence that they do now. Like, I think if you go into a Walmart now, 
they have toy aisles just like for half the store and it's like here's what the boys have here's what the girls have here's for little kids here's I don't know you about know. Walmart Target definitely Target I think is maybe been... I don't know I just don't remember it being as big as it is now but oh, it also no. seems like it, but but it is a convenience thing if you're already there grocery shopping and you say well hell you know I got to buy a birthday gift for this kid I'm already here buying groceries I might as well just get the toy here you have to specifically want to go to Toys R Us to get a specific thing. And if you can get somewhere else and you're already doing other stuff, then it's more of a convenience thing. Then why yeah. are you going to the specialty store for the one thing where you can get it down the road when you're doing your other errands? I think at the same time, though, like at least with with us anyways, it was always um, Toys R Us was always the place that you went if you wanted to find uh, stuff that you couldn't find anywhere else. Like they Literally had such anywhere a, else. Like they, yeah. they had a much, much wider variety of action figures, large toys, plush toys. And so forth. Like even today, Walmart really can't really hold a candle to the amount of of variety when it online. comes to those types, right? But yeah. you go but to online, you're right now, yeah. and it's nowhere near the same. And it's just weird. Yeah, it's probably right. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, okay, so I go there because they they do constantly. They do two things, which I I still can't believe that they do it. But like, they fuck up their online coupons so much to the point yeah. where like. Like, I was able to get a, a fucking PlayStation 3 console for, like, $24. Yeah. I, and, I, and I resold it, and I remember I had to do that just to, like, help make bills, and I felt dirty doing it, but, like, that's that was the name of the game. And like, buy, the, buy, buy these sandals and get this game for $8. Yeah, that was the most yeah. recent fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. up. I remember hearing about that. In <laughs> uh, like, there is so much that, like, I don't know. So much of it seems like it's a shadow of its former self. Like, um, I, if anybody remembers Toys R Us back in its prime, like that was the go-to destination for video games. In in my humble opinion, like way, like it had, it, like EB boutique, oh, all yeah. them had didn't have shit on Toys R Us. There was, well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> back in the day, EB was more like strictly PC. electronics and stuff, and right? Like, like yeah. TVs stuff. and yeah. junk. Yeah. Like, but like, like, we had Babbage's. That was like the PC store. I I bought my first Game Boy at a Toys R Us. Yeah, dude, I, any yeah. of the TurboGrafx-16 games that I had from my childhood, they all came from a Toys R Us because that was the only place that you could find that. Uh, yeah. Like, if you read Electronic Gaming Monthly and you saw, like, a lot of these exotic games that weren't Nintendo, hell, even before Sega picked up Steam, you had to go to Toys R Us. And, like, if anybody remembers fucking uh, VidPower with goddamn Johnny Cocaine Arcade um, <laughs> and those sweet, sweet segments at the very end of the show where, like, a kid just, like, wearing this fucking, like, velcro suit that's just like covered in fucking blow and like sweat because he's just been like five inches away from johnny arcade's face um he was like tasked with like i i don't know a minute to get like the games he was supposed to and then anything else yeah. he could fucking velcro this kid like fucking made a beeline for the neo geos yeah stuff. all the time dude the neo geos <laughs> like if there's a way they could strap those son of a bitches to their shoulders you best believe like this dude pulled some fucking yoga or this kid, I, I don't know, like those those shows were always a blast to watch. But I always attributed the fact that like when I wanted to describe just like the the climate and environment that Toys R Us like used to look like, especially their video game selection, it looked just like that obstacle course in VidPower. There was just wall to wall games. There was placards that like 
would hang off of a chain link fence because like they had so many uh, games that they couldn't really display them out front. And if you wanted to get a certain game, you'd bring the placard that represent that specific game. And then an associate would bring it out. And then they had kiosks. Like I've never seen a place that had kiosks as far as you can see, like, if you wanted to see what anything looked like, you didn't have YouTube. You didn't have. I mean, I, I don't want to yeah. sound like that. I, I, we're gonna beat some fucking internet cliche Cr- to like crotchety old man. That's like, well, back in my day, yeah, in my day. But but yeah. it is true. I mean, like you it, didn't it, have it, the access you have now. It's it's the sort of environment that like if you saw it today would be completely done to satisfy this like like niche like appreciation for like the culture, the subculture that surrounds video games. Like you, you'll see a lot of these displays or like purposely done like exhibits to kind of like emulate that, whether it be a retail store or fucking adverts or like rooms that people would kind of assumedly uh, imagine to look like from people that were invested in this. But yeah, like it's a real bummer that this is happening. And honestly, I, 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 yeah, Andrew, I think Babies are, but when did Babies R Us launch? I thought it was, like, I have no idea, but I just feel like it was like, I, I, I kind of distinctively remember when I was a kid, Toys R Us was like the big book that you had at Christmas. Well, at Thanksgiving, you went through the big Toys R Us book to pick out what you wanted for Christmas. And I don't remember Babies R Us being a part of that. I just think that maybe as I got older, they eventually made that part of their business. Maybe it was always there, but never got as much marketing as much attention as it did until like I was older, like maybe getting more to adulthood, but Sarah might be right. It might be like in the last 18, 20 years, maybe that was more of a thing. Maybe at like, you know, the, the two thousands, maybe that's when it started. I really don't know to be honest, but um, I just know as like a consumer, I was buying less from Toys R Us. And I was buying more of like going there for baby toys or for baby strollers. Like I was going there for specific stuff because I'd go to like a, you know, a, a chain store, or, you know, like a big retail, big box store. They wouldn't have the stroller I needed. They didn't have the toy I needed. And I'd go there to Toys R Us because I knew they'd have those kinds of toys for younger kids. It wasn't so much for me as a collector or for an adult. I could get that almost anywhere else. But I had to go there specifically for kids stuff. I just feel like that's kind of where the business for them was starting to go. Like, I don't know a lot of people that would go to Toys R Us now to get video games or to get a video game system. It just, to me, that doesn't seem like the place to go. It just, it, it just, it just slowly became no longer the destination for a lot of that stuff. I mean, if anything, it's gradually become like the go-to or one of. I would even say the the low-hanging fruit of of like options for uh, dedicated a, adult collectors, like in that culture. And and yeah. and I do. So I, I honestly, I do go there for drop mix cards. So at least they have that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's something. I, Oh man, I still need like I played Drop Mix once and I like, got it right over there. It's awesome. Oh, it's so fun. I got a like Best Buy had a sale on them and I didn't grab one in time. Um but I digress. Um they're currently the talks are saying that stores could close as early as mid March. Um there's been several That's different like shutdowns. Now. <laughs> yeah. yeah as like it's like today. <laughs> uh, yeah. so depressing fuck so we might see something happen within the next week um i would keep an eye out on it maybe cheap ass gamer might have some follow-ups to where they're they'll probably want to sell through the remaining stock 
We start um, picking picking at the bones, man. I'm gonna start buying shelving. I'm gonna start buying kiosks. Yep. It, it's unfortunate. It, kiosks. It, it sucks to see them go out, but I wonder. Do you think they'll really actually go? Like I know, I remember when Fye kind of faced a similar fate. You know, Fye stores were closing left and right. They were facing, I think, bankruptcy. I'm pretty sure Fye was, and and now you still see them around. They're not in great There's... quantity, but there are some around still. Do you think that Toys R Us does the same? They close most of their locations, maybe reopen or keep a few open, and they just operate as a very, very, very niche novelty. So. Speaking as someone who's innately familiar with that, as an ex FYE employee and somebody ah. who regularly shops there, okay, um, what Toys R Us was trying to do at the uh, late end of last year, early start of this year, is actually kind of go for that model, uh-huh. and then basically when their uh, their booking came back and their their accounting kind of got wind of like just how much trouble they were in. I think they're going to try to play it safe and most likely liquidate because they're probably further down the hole than they thought. Than they thought originally. Okay. Yeah. I don't have the figures for like whatever Toys R Us would need to be in the black, but I'd imagine, again, giving the novelty of like a lot of their items. Because again, one thing that's also really, really hurt them is that they're the resale market and and what you can get uh, at cost, especially from direct distribu- uh, distribution of the manufacturer is way more accessible than it ever was in the last 20 years. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I feel like whatever, I don't know, whatever um, stake or otherwise command that Toys R Us had in the market to where they were able to kind of uh, keep that under lid uh, under wraps and, and, yeah. and kind of have that, they, they've really lost a lot of that market share, not only to competitors, but just the fact that like, there's less of a demand of what they like carry and what they do carry can honestly get could be bought cheaply anywhere elsewhere. else with with free shipping included of course yeah and, and you you bring up a good point i think it is a lot of ways as consumers we're cutting out the middleman we're getting that direct access to the manufacturer we're getting that direct access to the product we don't and like like you guys are saying with the uh with the uh, attendants or the people working there, they're not going to be the authority to speak to. You can do the research now. You can go buy the product. You can do your own, you know, come to your own conclusion. And they don't need the middleman now, which is unfortunate. My Speaking from the experience of, like, my uh, little brother working at Toys R Us and, like, the dude, I mean, yeah, he, he fucks with toys, but not to the point where, like, I mean, I don't even think he could really tell you, like, you what grade and ask of- him. Yeah, ask him, like, what leapfrog game I need for this leap pad. Like, I had to ask an attendant that not even a week and a half ago. I had to go and buy some games for a leap pad. And I was like, "Do these are these compatible with this brand? And they're like, I don't know. Let me go ask this guy. <laughs> you know I mean? But, <laughs> you know, I didn't know, and they didn't know. I mean, I can't blame them. I didn't know, and I would consider myself pretty knowledgeable with all things technology. So you got to do a play-play on some leapfrog games sometime. I, it gave me a reason to go buy that stuff for the kids. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm down for it for sure. You guys want? We know still got how... a we got a we got a V Tech V Smile around here still. Like I forgot <sighs> one of the, the fucking listeners sent it to me years ago. I still have it. It's around here. Well, I just what's a what's a V Tech V Smile? 
You don't remember that shit? No. Is it like a tiger handheld? I don't know what no, this is. No, <laughs> it's an educational video game console. It is horrible. It, it But, like, I have it yeah. downstairs. I have it put away in storage. Like, I... <sighs> just Google image search of VTech VSmile. I'll put it up in All the right. show notes. It All is... Right. We're on it. It is gonna be, fucking gonna be the, the, garish the image, looking. Image for the podcast right there. It looks... <laughs> It looks like something that you'd see Pee Wee Herman pull anytime the secret word of the day was fucking said. Like for, it for a minute there, I thought you said V Tech V Trigger, and I thought Kenny Omega was doing it for some reason. <laughs> like, perfect. That's okay, oh I'm, man, I'm sold. <laughs> I would buy any plug and play that Omega would come out. Yeah, with. yeah, guaranteed. Oh <sighs> man, I'm still not entirely used to this whole Golden Lovers reunion, but like, hmm. That's for another podcast. That's for the yeah. uh, if we ever do the wrestling podcast. That's going to be all about it. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm again totally down to do it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so if, that, uh, if that's not the saddest news, what's the saddest news, <laughs> dude? The saddest news is that we have a fucking Neanderthal. I, you know what? I can't even say that because that would be a discredit offensive to, to all the offenses. Yeah. yeah, to the, all the <laughs> Neanderthals that like out there who show way more fucking class and IQ than this orange dickhead. Um so whatever happened to the Geico cavemen? Oh man. Whatever happened to them? They had way more class. I would I would elect them into the Oval Office at this <laughs> point. <laughs> yeah. Um but it, it just to kind of specify uh in light of some of the more recent tragedies uh, and, and a lot of the outcry that uh, have happened within the public and just within uh, civic servant uh, service and, and everything that's going on within the states uh, in, in concern to uh, the spotlight now uh, once again being shown on gun violence. Uh, Trump uh, in, in his administration, I don't really know which fucking Yahoo in 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 their uh brightest moments decided it's got to be the video games definitely oh, the video <laughs> games so what they've decided to do is they uh went ahead and uh they held a press conference um and uh, essentially announced that they plan to meet with quote unquote heads of the video game industry uh, experts the in bright, the industry. Like, experts yeah. in the industry, and I. Jack Thompson. <laughs> I, I, I the equivalent of Jack Thompson, more or less. Yeah. Um, but like, it, it, uh, I found it fairly strange because, um, if if we just go ahead and um, we talk about this. So, so it was March eighth, is when uh he went ahead and met with the uh ESRB. As well as he also met with um, the CEO of the Zenimax Media Corporation, which uh, they're the parent company of Bethesda Softworks. And uh, not only that, he also had, um, oh man, he had some other uh, like very loud critics uh, of the video games industry also present within this meeting. And man... Um, this, this whole thing was just a fucking, it was, it was just a parody. Uh, uh, I, I don't even know what more else to say. Um, 
it it wasn't until uh later that afternoon on the eighth that uh the meeting concluded that uh there was talks of a scissor reel that was shown uh along with uh Trump uh fucking truncating it with uh violent, isn't it? And and you take a look at this goddamn scissor reel and it's just I I find it so laughable because like even when you take a look at everything that was shown in this like fucking arbitrary montage of contextualist scenes of uh, of of graphic violence it it still in no way shape or form compares to all of the factors and 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 elements involved with uh the current administration both in and out of context and in, in the fucking like failings of the way they've just outright failed i i i'm trying so hard not to like just launch into a tangent and, and turn this into a soapbox for politics i mean it's it's fucking pretty obvious where i lean and i could give a fuck less how you view me in regard to that um and i can only remain you know non-partisan and so so long and i will like civilly hear what you have to say but for the most part, I I also don't care for it. It's kind of just become this weird climate. But I digress. Um, I on February twenty second, this son of a bitch said that like we need to find a way to rate our games and rate the content of our games and film. Like this fucking Yahoo they do that said already. this. Yeah, like he said this. Full knowing that the exit, like, and, and I, I just want to imagine what the room was like when, like, the SRB, and, and they, by the way, were totally not for it. A lot of people were not for it, and it, it was just, like, just watching, like, everyone just fucking decry this whole wasted effort, and then, like, it's still going. I don't know what, I have no idea what this meeting was supposed to accomplish, or, or what exactly, uh, the administration hopes to like fucking manage with with these like smoke and mirror tactics with with, with these fucking meetings like i don't know um i think a lot of it comes down to i'll be honest i think the esa's fucking bullshit it it really is and like I, I, the, the, the sad I, thing I, is, I, is i think that the esa i think was created and kind of formed as a answer to this initial question, this initial thing that happened years ago when Mortal Kombat was the big hot topic and the ESA had to come up with the rating system and that was their answer to it, which I still think the rating system is kind of stupid. I I, I really do. I mean, I'm glad it's there, but no one's fucking using it. Like, and that's the whole thing of this meeting. They said the ESA stated that there is not a connection for violence and violent video games, but they want parents to be aware of the resources they have available and the things that they can do to protect their children from violent video games. The only problem is that what the ESA does release through the ESRB rating system and, you know, other things they put on their game marketing doesn't help. As people have worked in the industry as retail uh, associates and have had talked to parents about the violent video games that they're buying for their kids... You can point out the rating system. You can point out the ESRB rating. You can point out the app on mobile devices that tell you specifically what rating it's for and why it's rated this way. What does strong sexual content mean in my video game? Or what does, you know, whatever mean? 
you can get all that information. You can download an app for free, and it'll tell you exactly why it's rated that way. Or you can look at the rating, and on the back of the box, it'll tell you why it's rated that. And now, with the uh, the most recent thing with the ESA, with the loot box posting that they're putting on the games, where they say, yeah, this has loot boxes, none of that helps. It's there, it's accessible, but parents don't give a shit. And they don't it use always it. It shocks me how many six-year-olds walk out of these stores with copies of Grand Theft Auto V. I, it's always like you, you really you really want to ask them. It's like, do they have a hustler with their golden bucks there? And, and you know what? You bring up a good point. In that game in particular, at the time when I was a manager, I'd always get really upset when my associates would approach it this way because I thought that it was they're not being friendly to our customers. But then being removed from that and not being in the retail industry anymore... I feel like they were saints because they would go up to that parent and they would say, this is Grand Theft Auto V. Here's, here's what happens in this game. You can go to a strip club. You can see nudity. Like they would actually not just say, here's what it's rated for, for nudity, for sexual content, for violence. Here's specifically what you can do in this game. Here's specifically what happens. And it's almost like they would like, kind of like, <laughs> here's what is required to play this game to its end. And they would, and they would almost like, kind of like make them feel ashamed for buying the game. And then the parent would turn around and say, no, we're not buying this for you. You're a kid. Like you're fucking crazy. But they would almost do it. Like they almost like, like beat them into like, don't buy this game. I'm going to make you feel like shit until you say you're not going to buy this game. And I kind of now being removed from it, kind of appreciate that. I think you sometimes need that voice to be like, don't buy this for a kid. Like, don't. You're, like, you're, you're, you're an idiot. How old are they? Well, here's the reasons why this has this rating. If yeah. you're okay with that, it's all up be, to you. Be, but, be I mean, prepared for the consequences because yeah. I even feel uncomfortable playing some M-rated games sometimes. As an adult, as a 35-year-old man, man, I sometimes feel awkward playing some of these games. So should your kids be awkward playing that too? Yes, I think they I should. I really, really wish I could talk about, like, there's a certain, and like, unfortunately, I'm held to the NDA of uh, an embargo, but mm. rest assured, the moment that embargo lifts, there's absolutely something that absolutely fits the criteria of what you guys are talking about when it comes to something awkward that is very out of place in a current M-rated game that I'm reviewing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I digress. I think what this is, this, this fucking, like, bait-and-switch bullshit, um, this is also, it's already been, uh, subtly brought up, but with these meetings, I think what it's going to lead into is that they're, uh, currently going to go and propose a, a tax bill to levy onto M-rated games, and they're going to tax levy that into, it, it, it hurts, it hurts everyone in the industry, everyone in the industry, and it absolutely adds no real benefit, where's, to what end does this money go back to and serve? To what end does this help curb like any sort of quote unquote like uh psychological like like influences yeah. in, in in fucking violent tendencies that like it it angers me to no end. And like the worst part is is like with the ESA like I don't know. They're they're almost they're definitely protesting to to what extent and how much they can, especially in in light of what they have going on. They they're also like the organization behind the largest uh, media showcase of the industry. They're they're the people behind E three. How yeah, and and how E three might be effective with these ongoing meetings. I have absolutely no idea but there's been a bit of like a, a ripple effect so far 
in concern to again uh, as i mentioned like there's been supposed to talk of a, a tax levy to uh essentially be placed on on anything it, there's even talks that like uh for strong tea games uh, it was first uh proposed uh by the rhode island state house uh with uh by the individual of robert uh Nar- f- fuck this name uh nardalio and they're estimated that they want to do it by 10 percent and th- I-, I shit you not the fucking like this is the this is the garbage uh verbiage that they that they're fucking pushing with this bill. The bill would give schools the additional resources needed to help students deal with the aggression in a positive way. Our goal is to make every school in Rhode Island a safe and calm place for students to learn by offering children resources to manage their aggression today. To to what end so what you're stating is is that you feel that this tax, as I mentioned, would would curb sales, and whatever money did come out of the tax would be used to what? I guarantee you it won't be put back into fucking programs or extracurricular uh, activities and and resources that would actually fucking live up to the platform that you're trying to sell this horse shit on. I I don't know. I could go on the fact I, that like if they came to me tomorrow and said hey the price of a brand new game release is going from 60 to 70 dollars but the proceeds from that game the extra 10 dollars you're going to pay goes to more guidance counselors mental health professionals in schools extra counseling in schools i'd pay the extra 10 dollars in a heartbeat if that's truly what it was going for if it was truly going to help put more of that profession into schools which i think they do desperately need speaking just from what our area is like you'll have a huge school with one guidance counselor with maybe one or two special needs teachers and and that's all they get like they don't have the resources to combat this you know unfortunate mental health issue with with students where they do get to the point where they're going to be violent if they had more of that assistance in a school, I'd gladly pay extra money for my games. Let me enjoy my hobby, and if the extra money goes towards supporting something like that, I'm all for it. But it has to be definitive. Like, it has to be outlined. This is specifically where this tax, like you said, is going. And if they can't give me a specific outline of where the money's going to, then no, it's horseshit. But if they can actually be specific about where it's going, I know it's going to a good thing, I'll gladly pay it. The administration at work here doesn't exactly have a, a wonderful they, track record. The party, no, uh, the, the uh, Senate, the, none of them. Yeah, I yeah, know, exactly. I know, I so know. that's why I, I, I wouldn't even give this fucking nonsense the grain of salt. That like I would, like again, ideally, absolutely, and I absolutely and I, make no mistake. Everything that Andrew said, I absolutely one hundred ten percent agree with, and I, I feel as though though there's already other organizations that are already have have tried to work to those means and work to those ends and and budget and collect those resources that have already been fucking cut by the same force that's now proposing this in a different light because in doing so it helps their fucking agenda and it completely takes away all eyes and ears off of like some real actions that can be taken and I don't know I again I could possibly be churning some stomachs out there and I'm I'm going to try to keep things as brief and in doing so I might be doing a disservice to the ultimate argument that I'm trying to pitch here. I 
I think legislation is absolutely okay for like fucking guns. Like I I don't want them banned. I hate I hate when the word regulation immediately is associated with ban. Like fucking look it up. Go go look up the word in a, in a Webster. Like fucking like educate yourself. There there's so there's so many different. It's like <clears throat> I I can go out and I can buy a beer, but that beer is regulated because I can only buy it at a certain place and I have to be a certain age. It doesn't mean that beer is banned. Yeah. Our vehicles, yeah. our vehicles across the state, and, and and even at the state level individually, are regulated far heavier than like the operation, purchase, sales, and 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 use of guns. And and even then, I'm not I'm not going to turn this into that. And I'm trying my hardest not to. What I am going to do is I'm absolutely going to like now that it's gotten to the point where like. Our 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 government's attention or or the fucking bullshit bait and switch is now and and, and keep in mind uh, to those of you who are now getting involved and decrying these actions because oh no video games are affected fuck you guys just so from the bottom of my heart fuck you guys where have you been the last like I don't know fourteen months give or take and counting. But either way, this is a, it's a problem. It, we don't know really the, the magnitude of the problem as of yet, other than the fact that like this bill was proposed, it's being talked about, um, and, and it's being used as a platform as well as their other meetings. I don't even know what, what sort of conflict of interest is involved. And in, in concern to the fact that there are people that serve, like, I believe, Donald Trump's brother serves on the board of directors for Cinemax. I believe so. Yeah, some kind of relation. Yeah, is what I heard too. Of course. Yeah. It's all about who you know. Yeah. So, like, what exactly? I don't. I don't even know. I have no idea what what this is supposed to serve and what these talks are supposed to happen. Other than the fact that, like, I feel like it's it's '90s propaganda, like fucking surfacing all over again. <laughs> And oh man, kind of hard I, to I, be like violent video games or video games are violent when the most popular game out right now is cartoon characters building forts. That's it. Just it. I yeah. I I can understand the mentality of when like Mortal Kombat first hit and they're like, oh shit, like. But I don't. It pales in comparison to what a violent video game is constituted as now in, in in today's world. I just I would say something like Doom would be more violent than a lot of the games there are right now. And guess what? Doom's published by Bethesda. So like what the fuck are you trying to accomplish when they're a big part of your conversation when they probably have published some of the more violent video games out this generation of consoles? I don't know. I, I I don't know. I think they're the <laughs> the irony isn't lost on me. No, no. no but it, but it, the contention's it's... also directed at them. But like, to what degree? You know, to what end? To what means is this like? Is this supposed to accomplish? I I really don't understand, and I feel as though that this whole thing is just being used just to like placate the masses and it's it's just a bummer it's a bummer for everyone involved whether you're directly in the industry or not and i i don't know 
I can I I think it's important that we talk about it and bring it up only because this was definitely just the beginning and um at, at this point it it's only a matter of time before we we see something kind of spill over residually into uh the rest of the year especially again with E3 but anyway um we'll I I want to get a feature together to kind of you know do some more research and kind of review what what sort of um, ripple effects this is uh, currently had at the moment and kind of uh, keep that post open to update. And uh, that's going to be a project that we can definitely have on the site. And I have a feeling this won't be the last time we'll talk about it in the year, sadly. Nope. So anyway, off. No more bummer news. Let's go ahead and just talk about what, what's in our consoles. I would love, love to talk about that. Oh, man. Hey, what's going on, dude? How you doing? Uh, well, same old, same old, really. <laughs> ah, 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 dude. Ah, what? How'd you do that? What happened? I, I tweaked something. I tweaked it. I think I tweaked Jeez. my elbow. God, now it's oh, the wrong these kind ear... of tweak. It's these earbuds I wear. Like, I think I'm going to be working out, so I want to have the right earbuds to work out and run. But I end up just tripping over them and, and hurting myself like I just did. Yeah, you're subscribing to the wrong mm. kind of tweak there, pal. I mean, mm. speaking of earbuds, tweaked audio, Jesus. Tweaked audio, dude, they're tangle-free. Tangle-free earbuds that come in seven different styles and colors, and not only that, they allow for mic'd and non-mic'd versions, so that way you can use them anytime you're, I don't know, calling for a doctor, because it sounds like you're in a lot of pain. Right now, yeah, exactly. Yeah, those, they, those cost way too much money, though. I, I don't think I could afford a pair of earbuds that don't tangle, because they all do. They well, always tangle up. You know, dude, they are designed to sound great, and they're really cool for uh, just about anything you need them for is because they got noise-reducing design. So with all these sweet features, you'd be in luck because we currently have a code that you can use on tweakedaudio.com right now. It's PPR. You just got to type PPR. PPR, and you'll be set from there. It's easy enough. Hey, Sarah, can you help me out, man? Like, I think I really hurt something. I need some yeah, help. Man. Can you prop me up, oh, please? Man. All right. Dude, what happened? Get up, man. So you you, te you tripped over these things? Yeah, I, more like I fell over them, I think. <laughs> Honestly, Man, I hurt myself pretty bad. Why don't you have any tweaked? I mean, they're compatible with iPods, iPhones, and Android devices, so you really have no excuse. I mean, I guess, but like you said, there's a discount code. But I mean, am I really going to save a lot, you think, with this? Because I, I really can't afford... I, I, I honestly tear up all my earbuds, like, all the time. Well, 33% off with free shipping and a lifetime warranty? How could you afford not to, dude? Lifetime of warranty would be amazing because I'm very, very clumsy. And also, I, I live on a limited income because I buy way too many earbuds. So I need to buy <laughs> one. I need to buy one pair and be done. So I think this is the one I'm going to get. Man, go to www.tweakedaudio.com and get your shit sorted out. Yeah, dude. Enter in the code PPR and you can get 33% off some new earbuds. Uh, but before we do that, let's. Let's get you to the nearest emergency uh, care. Yeah. 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 Can we ice this? Thank you. 
Okay. Don't don't ask me then, because mine's gonna be a bummer. At least <laughs> the first half. No, I kind of I don't know, man. I don't know if uh, I it, I feel like I'll get some motion sickness if I we, we go to like hear something like nice and fun, and then hear something that's just like fucking shitty and uh, ugh, and then go back yeah. to the nice and saccharine. No, yeah, man, I want, too, I, too, like, too, too much back and forth. Yeah, I I gotcha, yeah. I gotcha. All right, so if you got if you I'll got some shit enough. to spill, I mean, I mean I'll honestly, put up with enough of that with the weather, like yeah, yeah, the back and forth of yeah, I, it's the same way here too for sure. No, I can be very brief about my what's in your console. Uh, I played. I can't even say I played it. I really can't say that because I installed it. I watched a <laughs> I, I watched a cutscene that lasted about twenty minutes. And then I played about 10 minutes of it. Uh, I attempted to play Metal Gear Survive just to see if it was a game that existed that actually was produced in 2018. It is. However, I already wasn't going to be excited about this game as I started to put it into my system. Uh, And then I had not played a lot of Ground Zeroes. I had not played a lot of Phantom Pain. I had intentions to play a lot of Phantom Pain. It just didn't really happen at the time. And what this game does is it kind of takes the Fox engine and inserts itself into the timeline between Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain. Uh, not to spoil much about either game, but you have this uh, mother base that is, you know, Big Boss kind of is in control of it and... In between the events of Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain, something happens to Mother Base. Something befalls Mother Base. And this game is in the timeline of, well, when this happened to Mother Base, here's what actually happened. And it's just, like, the most ridiculous, like, let's use this brief timeline and insert this whole game into it. And try to capitalize on the fact that people like Metal Gear. And it's just, it does not... It doesn't succeed in any aspect from what I saw. Like, I didn't even get to, like, the survival aspect of it, of, like, gathering resources and defending territories. Like, I didn't get to any of that stuff. I just started shooting. I just heard it was just shitty tower defense. I I just started shooting, like, this, I don't know, undead or possessed enemies. And it felt like a really shitty Resident Evil, but, like, not good. The combat was not great. The resources were limited. And it's like, I just didn't want to play it. I was like, this just doesn't seem like fun to me at all. And within like the first like 10 minutes of the trailer that plays like the opening cinematics, Big Boss shows up. Just because you're like, oh yeah, this is a Metal Gear game. See, there's Big Boss right there. There he goes. Okay, now he's gone. And then it's like the whole rest of the game is just like, he was there. Big Boss was here, so it's a Metal Gear game. And Metal Gear's in the title, but that's like all they go off of. And there's no real payoff to this is a continuation of the story, this is a continuation of the lore, because it's just not there. And it's... Well, I like, know. okay, so here's here's my thing. With Big Boss being there, is it Kiefer Sutherland that's uh, voicing him, or is it David He doesn't Hader? talk. He doesn't talk. He doesn't... <laughs> he, just, he just gets off a helicopter, he shoots some guy, and then he gets back on the helicopter and goes, alright, peace. That's it. Oh, man. That's... It's, it, it's just a... It's a, it's a cheap fucking, like... Let's grab everyone that likes Metal Gear and hope that they'll buy this game for forty dollars. 
because you know it says Metal Gear. It's oh just, yeah, it retails for forty dollars. I totally does, forgot about that. Which also kind of makes a, up for the fact that it makes up for the ten dollar like DLC of opening up another save slot in a game. But you already know is, it's going to be bad if Konami is charging forty dollars for a new release. You know it's bad. Ooh. It's like okay, you you already know this is going to be not good because Konami is not going to charge you full price for it. They already know it's not going to be anything I, worth your time. My impressions of it so far, just from watching gameplay, and I have yet to check it out myself. And we we've, we've actually all of us here at Press Pause Radio have been like debating whether or not we would should even bother to cover it yeah. uh be a review and it's sort of all been collectively decided like fuck it no it's so. just, there, there's so much better things you can do with your time and so much better things you can do with playing a game especially if it's like a cooperative game in nature or it can be cooperative i mean obviously we're getting kind of spoiled already with stuff like monster hunter with stuff like uh fighting games you know i mean there's a lot of good games and good experiences already out i don't think you have to waste your time with this one and it's just like i was already kind of like not sold on it and then i started playing it and i was like no i'm not gonna do this to myself i'm not gonna try to see this through i'm not gonna try to like suffer through this i'm just not gonna do it and it kind of felt pretty it felt nice to be like i'm not gonna give this game any more time i'm I'm done with it like i you know i had rented it and took it back pretty much the very next day. I was like, no, I'm not going to waste my time. There's other things I can catch up on. I could be playing games like, uh, I don't know. I could, I, I bought Horizon Zero Dawn. I just now got that. So I can play that now and, and maybe be excited about a game that came out last year. Um, But yeah, no, I bounced off it pretty hard. And I think everyone else should probably just, unless you have $40, you just want to spend it on anything. I guess this might be worth your while, but otherwise I'd wait. I'd buy it for 20 maybe if you don't have anything else you need to spend your money on. But other than that, I think there's much better things you can do with your time and better things you can do with your money than, than to get something like that. I You could buy a Japanese Dreamcast for that. Which I you should definitely really, do. And just play really, Marvel's Capcom 2 and just play the theme music the whole time. That's all you have to do. Gonna take you for a ride. I really want to go ahead and kind of touch upon uh, Heather Alexandra's uh, review. Uh, that she had placed on Kotaku because I feel as though it was the most poignant review. Because again, uh, I will say from the reviews I've seen, that actually was one of the more positive ones. Yeah. So just pointing it out, like whatever you have to follow up with that is the Kotaku review is actually one of the more positive ones. But go ahead. I but I I just find it like it the whole thing. It's weird because like the challenge with Metal Gear Survive is trying to really look at the game for its own merits and not and, judge it by okay, the... And, and maybe I might be more partial because of the fact that I wanted to be more Metal Gear. So, I, I yeah, I understand that. Yeah, sure. I, as far as just, like, kind of looking at it for the meta-narrative that, that's going on around it and in, in the story surrounding it. But, like, mm-hmm. even then, by those by that account, it's still really bad. Just mm-hmm. when you think about the fact that, like, some of the character designs that, like, were done here were done by the same people who did character designs for Silent Hill like the same dude who gave us Pyramid Head um, some of the like just the level designs and developers that worked on Guns of the Patriots and you you see them basically hobble together this like what kind of like when I looked at this game the moment the, the, the first thing that just came to mind like this is some outer heaven gothica shit and it's just, it's like, it's not even, 
it not it, it doesn't even look like it's just done well. It feels like it's five years too late to whatever mm-hmm. sort of trend it's trying to pander to. Yeah. Like, do you think I, maybe it was them trying to cash in on the like battle Royale kind of style, but maybe not quite understanding what that is. I, <laughs> like, I think it was a hybrid of that. Like they were yeah. like, to me, like, like, I, like I saw... Japanese developers being like, Oh, they people love PUBG, but we don't know what that is. So we're going to make a game. We think that's like that, but it's not <laughs> at all. Well, I mean, it, it it looks like PUBG, but it's also like in, in terms of like when you're trying to process how it works in, in terms of resourcing and the survival mechanics. But mm-hmm. then like just the fact that there's like like base defense mechanics and like that it's like part tower defense. And I'm and just who like, what's that in their games nowadays? Yeah. Nobody. No, go ahead, Sarah. I think like you're going to say something. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it takes uh, it takes the PUBG formula, ma- mashes it into um uh, Call of Duty Zombies, and then throws in a dash of tower defense with a Japanese twist, and, and it comes out like a fart. Yeah, like it, yeah, it, it, it's it's very Wet. very like, like the kind that like hangs in the room for a couple of hours, and you walk in after a while and go, "Oh, I forgot about that." It it, it does lack a lot of focus and direction. I feel like honestly, yeah, I I I, I would say so. I just, but, it, and it's so weird, too, because, I mean, granted, I mean, I'm not going to doubt the popularity of PUBG, though I am going to definitely doubt the fucking value of it. Yeah, um, we, don't, we don't, we don't fuck with that game, really, around here. N- it, I want, I, I will when it's a game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when it's out like, early access, when it's out of beta, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I... I want to try to, I don't know. I, 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 I feel like unless it's absolutely like, I, I almost try to weigh it in with like the way I consume other media, like a movie for me to walk out of a movie, it has to be absolutely dog shit awful. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise I want to at least try to commit to like the runtime of the movie I kind of try to break that down to like the game equivalent. Like, if I can at least commit four hours to this and I didn't hate myself for doing it, then like that that's kind of where I'm going with Metal Gear Survive. But so far, I there's just so much going on with it outside of the game, like metatextually, that's just fucking disgusting. Like, not even like if if you put aside all the like Kojima yeah. uh, baggage that that that's going on, like. I, the microtransactions and loop, like, just that, I cannot fathom a game that in any way, shape, or form justifies charging players 10 more fucking dollars. To make a new character. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Bad. That's that's bad. It's just, it's a money grab for sure. But I don't know. Do you want to talk about a game that you should be maybe wasting your time in? Absolutely. Let's talk. Let Let's go ahead and steer this conversation to something when, fun. When, when it comes out, which it has not released yet, but we've had a few different times you could access the beta if you were fortunate enough to get into the beta. Uh, sea of Thieves, which if you say it really fast, is really hard to say. So I try to enunciate. Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. Microsoft exclusive on Windows 10 and Xbox One. It's so far pretty good, but. Also, the beta itself has been pretty limited. Now, I've heard as of our recording, there is one more beta ongoing, which does unlock some new additional stuff you can do. But my time playing the beta, you would go and sign up for this like 
golden company and you'd go and find treasure. Uh, and that was kind of the basis of the whole beta. But it's fucking crazy, man. Like, you'll go out to the high seas. You have to actually try to control your sails. Like, you have to know how to position your sails, how to navigate your ship. Uh, your ship can sink if you hit shit, which we did that a bunch. Uh, we got invaded by other pirates and other pirate ships. That happened a lot, too. We got shot, shot at by cannons. That happened a lot. Um, just all the pirate-ass shit you could think of happened in that beta, and it was fucking cool. It, it, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, the most random shit would happen every time I jumped into a random game. Not once did I play with people I actually knew. So I'm very, very excited about the prospect of playing this game with people I actually know, because I think it's going to be a blast. Because playing with just randoms was the most ridiculous shit. And we didn't talk. Nobody <laughs> was on the mic. Yeah, the Justin McElroy map thing. I fucking love that. That's my favorite part of that whole goddamn game. <laughs> but no, at one point, I had started a multiplayer game, and I spawned into a holding cell in the pirate ship. That's how I started the game, was that they had me as their prisoner. And I couldn't get out. I wasn't being released. Uh, one of the pirates kept on puking on me because he drank too much of his, uh, I don't know what they call it in the game. <laughs> Swig. Swill. Yeah, it's, it's something just like that. Yeah, and he kept on throwing up on me. Yeah. And so I'd play this accordion thing, you know, because what else am I supposed to do? Uh, it's cool, man. It, the only thing I have to say about the game that I wasn't really a big fan of is the combat because the combat itself is very slow and very deliberate because if you have a firearm, you shoot one shot at a time you reload you know like musket style uh and then you have your little knife like you have like a dagger you can use or a cutlass or something like that and right so the combat's not fun but it's really not meant to be about the combat but i think that's the only thing that kind of falters on is the combat so i hope that in the full game release you have more options for combat you have more options for weapons but I do understand that game's not really made for that. It's more about the exploration. It's about the finding treasure. It's about the cooperative aspect of being on a ship with other sailors or pirates, I guess, in this aspect. Uh, but no, it's so far from what I've played, I've really enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a really cool social game to play with other people. So my hope is that when it comes out, I'll actually be able to play with people I actually know. I, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see if they, like, the one thing that I've seen with like these like massive multiplayer games is there's these huge emphases on like teams, and normally I'm not for that. But like in the setting that this is, and the fact that you, you have, have a pirate crew, you yeah. have to, yeah, you actually have to. You have to have your own crew, absolutely. So I'm kind of, yeah, that's like the one thing like finding like Monster Hunter World, just to find a commitment to like play something that would probably seems a little less committal. In, in certain aspects, even that's a challenge. So yeah. I, I'm curious to see how Sea of Thieves will play out. And, but and I will say, it, it runs on PCs fairly well. My PC is definitely uh, an older build. It's uh, probably six years old at this point, maybe a little bit more. And it ran at pretty much 30 frames per second the entire time. The only time it kind of slowed down was during combat. So it'll run on more recent PCs fairly well. Like, the, the restrictions aren't all that great for, for a game like that. And you look at it, and you're like, the physics, the water, you would think that game would need a lot more of a beefier PC to run it. It actually runs on older sets pretty easily. So I think on Xbox One, it'll run absolutely fine. Like, it'll have no issues. If you have an Xbox One X, I think you're fucking golden. Honestly, I don't think you'll have any issues at all. Good deal, dude. Yeah. 
Um, all right, Sarah. Uh, I mean, I kind of want to go last because, uh, like, I played. I know I I I've, I have a game that I really want to gush about, and you can't really describe it because of the aspect of how you play that game. I would assume it's very hard. I, to... I think I can describe it. Okay. All right. Cool. I'm interested, but but yeah, Sarah. Yeah. It's all you, buddy. Yeah. It's all you, Sarah. Oh, okay. What, 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 <laughs> so we're good what, to go then. <laughs> what are you playing? What am I playing? Uh, well, I'm playing a lot of stuff on Nintendo Switch, which I'm sure we're going to talk about soon. Uh, yes. But one game that I have been putting a lot of time into specifically uh, was released on the eShop uh, last week. And that's Star Bayonetta. Force. Okay. Star Force. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. I can't afford Bayonetta, but I can't afford Star Force. It was only like eight bucks. And um, it was developed by Hamster, which Good stuff. Hamster Good stuff. is, um, if if Digital Eclipse was the Cadillac of emulation, then Hamster is the Maserati of, of arcade emulation. Like, these guys have their shit down. And um, basically, it, it plays as well as you, you could hope... Uh, you know, an arcade shooter would play. They added neat stuff like screen rotation, so you can make uh, the screen uh, area taller than it is wide. So if you've got like a uh, a vertically oriented screen, or if you just take your Switch and stick it on its side, you can get a bigger play field out of it. So Tate on the go is always very good. But um, as with a lot of their other games too, they added a caravan mode, and I've been clawing my way up the ranks in that uh, in that mode now for a little while. You got five minutes to get as high a score as possible, and I think I've got the highest score in North America right now, but I'm still only ranked forty five or so. Mm. Oh, yeah. So I know if I get a good enough run. Or if I can maybe work out a way to get a higher score by strategically dying, because I think that's absolutely a thing. Um, I think I can get well, like quite a bit higher. But here's an interesting thing. Um, I pressed the wrong button when I got a high score and it didn't register online, but it did register in the switch. And now if I get a score between what was registered online and what I've got on the switch, it doesn't register. That's strange. Um, I'd be careful with that too because uh we, and I I think we'll talk about it in the future topic but Nintendo uh, recently the the stuff that's after a year or something like that I heard yeah hold on to deleted it. all the playtime and some of the other like more extracurricular uh data for all the games so I'd probably hmm. get that posted to something a little bit more permanent uh, so well as it turns out I'm still number 6 in uh, in uh Blazing Star and number 10 in Zed Blade. Look at you. It's Look been at quite you. a while for those, yeah. Um so Hamster is kind of also known for releasing a lot of Neo Geo stuff on the Switch as of recent. Like correct? Is, is that yes. okay? Yeah. I I thought I'd seen them popping up with a lot of like Neo Geo re-releases on, on the system. Is oh, absolutely. Is yeah. Polestar out on the Switch right now? Cuz I've been thinking about Polestar lately. Did I say Polestar or Blazing Star? You said Blazing Star. I meant Blazing Star. You said Blazing Star. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Polestar, uh, yes, it is, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think Blazing Star is the better of the two games myself, mm. but Polestar is a pretty fun time. Mm. Mm. Uh I disagree. But <laughs> <laughs> um but 
yeah, dude, I it it's so weird. Like the the fucking like it is the wild west now on the eShop, and like I just don't really know how hey, to navigate p- it. People want their indie games. They fucking got their indie games on that system, didn't dude. They? Yeah, they yeah, did. they oh did. God. Yeah, I'm still um, kind of going through it. I can't believe how many shoot 'em ups have been reviewed, and this is yeah. or reviewed released rather. And this is something again that we'll get into uh, in the featured topic. Can you, but can, I mean, can you hold your switch in like Tate mode? Is that, oh yeah, oh, there's yeah, a yeah. lot of games that have okay. it natively. Perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah like done deal. Nam- Namco Museum does it. Um, all of Psycho's releases do it. Um, Star Force does it. There's a few others that were released. Oh, there's one that's going to be coming up. Dan Mecco Unlimited Three. That's getting a Switch release. And that'll a, have it as well. There's a Horty stand too that you can take. Yeah, oh yeah, like a cabinet. It, yeah, yeah. It's cool. This um, one right here. Oh. Oh wow! So the case on the back es- of it, essential gear. No, here, how, here's how it works. Like, um, you take it right, mm-hmm. and it opens from the top, and this little part comes down. And normally, you'd put your charger through here to mm. charge it while it's in uh, tabletop mode. Mm. But there's a little thing there that you can adjust the uh, angle at which it rests, ah. right? But you do that, and you put your switch vertically here, and it works perfectly. Mm. Oh, dude, yeah. that's so. great. Because I thought that attached to the switch for a second. I'm like, there's no way that's going in the dock. <laughs> no, it's not gonna fit, no. man. No, it's 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 uh, specifically designed so that you could uh, charge it in tabletop mode as opposed to carrying around the dock. If you uh, had like a, uh, I don't even know where my switch is right now. It's probably in the bedroom. Um, if you were on the go and you had your charger, but you didn't want to, uh, or you wanted to play in tabletop mode and you wanted to charge at the same time, that solves that problem. So, so yeah, Star Force. That's pretty much where I've been uh, outside of reviewing stuff. Which I, there's a lot of stuff on Bullet Heaven that was released over the last couple, well, few months now, I guess, because I don't know. There's there just been so many on the Switch that it's. It's hard to have uh, covered really anything else at this point. Um, but another thing that I've been getting a lot of games for is my Sega Dreamcast. And I, I bought a Japanese Dreamcast several years ago. I think you, were you streaming that here like, last yeah. weekend? Okay, yeah. But I was actually streaming uh, Sega Dreamcast games last night as well, nice, nice. as it turns out. Uh, and we've, we've been getting quite a few. We're, we're pretty much in the home stretch to have at least one version or another of every release on the Sega Dreamcast for shooting games. Uh, We're missing nine at this point, and none of them are especially expensive, which is good. Uh, We only really got into uh, doing the full set because we found a really, really good deal on uh, Zero Gunner 2. It was averaging like three to $400 Canadian, and we chanced upon a, a listing for 160 bucks. So I jumped on that. Uh, Rainbow Cotton was another one. Oh uh, god, that goes for like to, 140. That sounds like an amazing title for a game. <laughs> it uh it used to be like 40 bucks at one point, and I don't know why I didn't pull the trigger back then, but uh it's it's spiked up to an average of about $260. And oh, god. Uh, we found I, I've a I've seen it for like 140, but man, yeah, I wouldn't be but, surprised. But we uh we found a listing for 80 bucks. So Damn, there you go. Yeah, jumped you... on that. Yeah, every cotton game just fucking destined to be expensive. Even the shitty Super Famicom one. Like, yeah, it's it's well, I wouldn't say it's completely shitty, but it's not not as good as the other ones. You're right. 
Uh, but it's definitely better than Rainbow Cotton, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, Rainbow Cotton, I've always like heard like poopy, poopy stuff about, and like yeah, people are like, I wouldn't always say saying it's like play terrific. panoramic cotton instead. Yeah, but uh, you know, if you want to pay, spend a thousand dollars, sure. Yeah, exactly. Or dude, just get <laughs> just get the just get the bootleg. Like sometimes yeah, I'm just like well, fuck, get I mean, the bootleg yeah. or emulate it. Like if, I, if you're not if you're not me, do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we're down to eight, but one that we got in the mail uh, literally yesterday uh, surprised the hell out of me, and that's under defeat. Uh, I was going to say HD, just under defeat um, for the Dreamcast came out two thousand five or something along those lines. Uh, it was one of the final Dreamcast games to be released. I played a lot of it on PlayStation Three because it was uh, on a yeah. flash sale, and I remember you did a Bullet Heaven on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I liked it. I also have it on but... PS Three as well because of that. <laughs> It uh, it suffers from some pretty crippling slowdown though at at times, and uh, it's something that's always really bothered me. But some of our viewers had said, "Hey, you've got to check out the Dreamcast version because it doesn't slow down like this." And I'm like, eh, "It's expensive, but you know, maybe sometime in the future." Well, that happened. Uh, we got a copy of uh, of Under Defeat, played it last night, and like everything that happens in the PS3 version happens in the Dreamcast version as well, and it's kind of unreal how well it. Uh, how well it runs. It's mostly 60 frames per second at all times. When the screen gets really, really busy with really big explosions, Just... uh, it can chunk down a bit. But I mean, other than that, it's silky smooth and it's kind of unbelievable. Um, But like, did were they right though? Was the slowdown and the performance a bit smoother on the Dreamcast version? Oh, much, yeah. There, there's like, like I said, almost no slowdown in the entire game. I, yeah, it's unbelievable. I, you know, it's funny and like a little off topic, but I kind of want to like mention it. I don't know if you looked at it. Um, not entirely connected to what we're talking about, but like I've been, because I'm looking at constantly looking at different options for us to capture uh, older hardware and trying to do it as best as we can. And even with all the uh, third party equipment that we can enhance the uh, quality of the uh, the visuals as far as the video output. Uh, one system's always like kind of eluded me and like lately I've been seeing a lot of uh, neat shit and there's something that came out for it that I'm super excited about and that's the Nintendo 64 because of the way it's developed internally. Uh, it, its entire architecture is uh, developed around anti-aliasing and by doing that, blurring the fuck out of it. Um... So this, did you see the Ultra sixty four HDMI, um, like mod that you can do with it? It actually internally corrects like the function that the sixty four has to blur everything, uh, hmm. through a, a VI uh, degausser. Or no, not degausser. Sorry, uh, I forgot the term for it, but it was, I don't know, man. Like it, an interlacer. Yeah, it it will. It it runs the interlace in a, in a different uh, function. Actually, I, I do want to give a, a shout out to the video that covered it from uh, My Life in Gaming. They did an incredible job of tearing it apart. But like, I definitely uh, want to single boost that video and uh, kind of get your eyes on it too and check it out. I I've been thinking about that because I was telling Sarah earlier, like one of the Shmups I never realized that I would fucking fall in love with is Galactic Attack. I still stand by it. That is the best goddamn yeah. shooting. It's so weird that that game has not been re-released. Like at that I could tell. It's it's super good. Yeah, its sequel got a re- uh, re-release on Xbox 360. 
What's its sequel? Um, Ray Ray Storm, oh, Ray Storm. HD. Yeah. Fuck, I totally forgot Ray Storm is out on a PlayStation. Yeah. Actually, Galactic Attack is only one of three different names. <laughs> but Ray Storm sucks. So, eh, oh man, it yeah, it's like super polygonal and whatnot. Ray Crisis, I think, was a little worse than Ray Storm. Mm. But um but uh Galactic Attack was also known as Ray Force in Arcades and Lair Section on the Japanese Saturn. Dude. Oh yeah, and then there's Layer Section Two. Which is Ray Force. Or Storm, oh. Ray Storm. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude, fuck. That shit that's some Final Fantasy ass shit. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> Four is six and six is three Precisely. or something. Yeah. Um, and then Le- Legend Final Fantasy Legend is Saga and then Saga Nensetsu, Final Fantasy Gaiden is Secret. Which of speaking Mana of which, so I forth. can't talk about yeah. it too much. The review's going live tonight, but uh I did review the Secret of Mana remake. It is it is a resounding okay. Like, it is definitely not, like, if you were to ask me what would be the better version, go pick up a SNES Classic and then play Secret of Mana that way. I'd almost pick it up on a Wii if you can get on the Virtual Console once, you know, before that goes away. (laughs) I, yeah, well, uh, so you have until March 28th. Yeah, end of the month. Mm -hmm. uh, To be able to actually purchase the currency. Until then, they're going to leave the store up for the remainder of the year, but you won't actually be able to physically buy the currency. You're just going to be able to shop like, and do fucking nothing. I, I might need to do that for some of those. Uh, man, there's a couple games on there I want to The Rebirth get. titles. I need to get the Rebirth titles, the Phoenix Wright trilogy. There's quite a few. I, I have to find a There's a. I guess I wasn't really fucking with like uh, like current releases. I was like just trying to get into the Virtual Console for like arcade releases. and That you know, too. Like... like uh, what is Turbo Graphics the one that originally had the first Ease game? Yes. Okay. Well, I thought the, you already bought it. I did. I did, but I kind of want to dive into that library of games a little bit more, like some I of the some of the Turbo Graphics stuff that they put on the Virtual Console. Absolutely. Like they. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing too. Um, you're in luck. They brought the dude. Every month, it's weird, and like the only source Are they still that's reporting stuff? on it. Yes. Are you serious? Yes, and like I had you no can only really find out about idea. it on Retronauts. Like, uh, Lords of Thunder fucking released last month. I had no idea they were still the, putting shit out for that. Du- God, yes, damn it, it is so suck. fucking weird. Uh, like, if anything, I guarantee that would be a great reason to keep a Wii U around because, like, that's the one thing the Wii U can do that the Switch can't. My 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 virtual console. My Wii still hooked up. But I'm gonna probably transition and take all my Wii stuff. To my Wii U and just keep that main console for all my all my Wii U and Wii stuff. Oh my yeah. God! Why didn't you do that yet? I don't. I don't know. I need it's like to. a it's a two hour process. <laughs> I know, but like it, it's coming. It's coming. You get I sweet just... Pikmin. They like me. Yeah. Meh. They take it. It's, it's great. It's a yeah. it's a lovely visual. Um, but I what I what I was going about with the sixty four bringing up with the ultra uh, HDMI. Uh, attachment is Star Force 64. Um, that is also... What Star Soldier Star 64. Star Soldier. What the fuck, dude? Uh, Star Force is a completely different <laughs> game. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, sort of. I mean, Hudson Soft did Star Force before they did Star Soldier. What am I... Star uh, Shot. Were... Jesus Christ. I mistook it with Star Shot for a second. Too many Star Wars, uh, man. But anyway... But Star... Star so- you're talking about Star Soldier Shattered... Yes. Or Shattered Planet? No, something. What was it called? I think it's Star um, Soldier sixty four. Alien Soldier. No, Shattered Earth or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Um, I think that's what like the only shoot 'em up on uh, Nintendo sixty four too that I know Mm. of. 
There's there's a few. Um, there's also like Sin and Punishment and yeah. Bangayo. Oh and, yeah, Dezemon sixty four. There's also what's that other one? Um, Robotron sixty four. Robotron's that a, counts. a twin stick. It counts. <laughs> Robotron's a twin stick. It counts. Sin and Punishment is a rail shooter. Shoot, it counts. Also yeah. counts. Also okay, counts. so Sarah, if, if I'll review it on Bullet Heaven, it it counts. Did you <laughs> ever review Geometry Wars? I have not. I've got it. I just haven't done is it. Is it a definitely... What? I, I, is it a shmup? Or, or does it... Ca- sure, it is. Twin stick shmup, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I. He he is the authority, so if he says it is, it is. Hey, man. I'm I once not... held the highest score the world ever saw in that. That game is still fucking good, even to this day. It's excellent, yeah. yeah. I... You do. You'll be proud of me. Like I said, I played Galactic Attack, and then I played Vertical Force, mm. and holy shit, I have never hated the soundtrack or the sound effects <laughs> to a game like I thought. Like once you get that laser power up, it is. It it's is. a little shrill, sure, but the soundtrack isn't terrible. Mm. It's a lost star, star Soldier game. Yeah. It is Star Soldier, but with extra depth. That's exactly what I thought when uh, I played it. Mm. Um. Oh. Uh, speaking of Virtual Boy, though, uh, we have got some really cool things coming in uh, for review. Uh, there's a company that makes replacement parts for the Virtual Boy. Oh my god! Yeah. So you mean Eye one shield, day George stands, might be able name to it. lay down and have one he's wearing as he's being serviced? <laughs> no more, man. Good for you, those, man. I, Good for you. Oh, I put those hey. days behind me. Someone get me a virtual. I, boy I really could. Uh, no, but to now. be honest though, I, 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 I maybe it's an age thing, or maybe it's like the visual, uh, my, just my my ability to process visuals, like as opposed to the way I did like five, ten years ago. But the virtual boy is kind of getting hard to play on. Like I said, I I put some time because I've been putting time in and out on Jack Brothers. Yeah, and man. It just makes me so fucking sad that that game will never get a release outside ever. That like we'll never see that game again, um, because like the, the Virtual Boy is never going to come to a fucking Virtual Console what, ever. What if they somehow mm. did a new Persona game where they're playing it, the game in Persona somehow? I would love it. Yeah, I would play okay. it. Yeah, I would like only I, way it'll probably it. happen, but it could. Um, but. I I wanted to go ahead. Speaking of depth, is is it okay if uh, I go ahead and step in real quick? Because I really really want to talk yeah. about this game, and it and it stinks because like, um, Sarah always bums me out when he reminds me of this, and it makes me feel guilty. But I really really think if I don't know, maybe if you just at least tried it, because like a lot of the immersion of it isn't as um isn't as motion intensive as other VR titles. But um, I recently. I'm currently reviewing Moss, uh, which I will also have a review out for shortly. And uh, what it does in in concern to the term immersion is just wow. I isn't it, that the one the mouse? Yeah. Yes, and it's, are, are, it's. Are you playing in the first person perspective of the mouse? No. So, it, okay, it's a platformer. Uh huh. Um, but. And the way that it's a platformer is, uh, it like the, the the most apt description that I can give it is kind of the where Fez kind of turned your head on on what it did to perspective okay. in a two dimensional scale. Yeah, it does within this the level design that is completely meant for like the 
dioramic exploitation. Like everything is like done in this diorama style to where there are nooks and crannies uh, above you, around you. Like you, if you needed to get uh, visuals near the top of the stage, stand up. If you need to go ahead and look down lower, you can. You can actually zoom in. You control two different assets. Basically, the 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 role that the player takes narratively and uh, mechanically within the game is that you're this uh, invisible guide spirit, and very much in the sense of like Navi to Link or or any other support character. Uh, in fact, like it's it's so like evocative of like the spirits from Spirited Away. Uh, like it's Miyazaki ass is Miyazaki as fuck. Um, but what you're doing is you're using the light bar on the, uh, PlayStation 4 controller to guide a sensor that you can use to manipulate objects and obstacles within the level that you then guide Quill, uh, around to platform and navigate through. Um, but they do such an amazing job with uh, all the different puzzles that you can solve because all of them will require an involvement of you shifting your space around and looking in and around, but not doing so to the point where it's intrusive or almost to the point where it it makes you feel a little uncomfortable or kind of gives you like this uncanny sense of momentum like other uh, virtual reality games. Like, I, one of the puzzles specifically that I really, really enjoyed is that you're in a large room that has three stories to it. And the only way you can go through uh, and reach each story is by crawling through uh, uh, cylinders, or I'm sorry, rooms within this giant cylinder in the room. Um, you manipulate and spin the cylinder, which will have different openings and both the left and right, and where there are ledges and cliffs that Quill will navigate through. and you'll have to go ahead and actually twist the PlayStation 4 controller to spin it. Um, you know, kind of like you'd imagine a, a toddler's toy. Um, but different doors activate on the switches. Uh, I'm sorry, different doors activate on the cylinder that open up the different openings and entryways. And inside, they have their own nooks and crannies. There's rampways and hallways. And the fact that you're able to lean in and look and see where Quill is and kind of open up, like, it, it was nothing short of incredible. Like, the thing is, too, is, like, this game is really built to flesh out virtual reality, and, they like, what they do for each other in terms of perspective and immersion go hand-in-hand, hand, especially the fact that it's told through this storybook setting. Like, um, each, each stage is kind of broken up into a chapter of this overall story of Moss, and... Uh, I love the details, the fact that uh, none of the characters are talking to each other. They're all pantomiming to each other, but they're all narrated by the same woman. So even when the woman's trying to do like uh, a more masculine voice, she'll actually deepen her voice. Uh, and then Quill herself uh, and her development, her, her, I don't know. There, there's, there's such a subtlety. Like I, there, there's so many moments that like grip you fundamentally and aesthetically with that game. Like that game is absolutely stunning, and I, I hate. I think like the the shittiest part about Moss is that the beauty of it is completely lost outside of those goggles. Like when you see it is yeah. when you 
So do you feel like the game has depth other than the depth that you're trying to, I guess, try to partake in with the VR? Like, does it actually have story to it? Does it actually have... Yes. Okay, and that's good because you feel like a VR game in itself is going to be, this is a tech demo of what you can accomplish in VR. There's no depth to the story and the characters. Like, I see it and it looks like a Redwall game, but I, I'm just glad to hear that there's actually story and there's reasons to there's play a, it other than just the VR stuff. There's a tremendous amount of story. Good, there's a tremendous good. amount of story. It, it's basically, like, it, it, it takes those interactive story elements, and what's great is you your role as the player you're this disembodied uh entity that mm. is attached to like the relics that are tied to the story of moss but at the same time they they take advantage of that and treat this as like an opportunity to tell the story to you and that the, the fact that you can play party to the third person narrative somebody telling the story but also doing the voice like so much of it is is just done in such a charming way that I really really enjoyed it. Like uh, I shared, I had to share a clip. I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter. Like there is a moment where like there was a very challenging puzzle, and uh, after I completed it, Quill like came up because Quill will very much acknowledge that you're there. You can actually scare Quill. Like if you bring her up and then you look around her and behind her, you can startle her. Um, (laughs) But she actually will walk up to you because she sees you as this disembodied spirit and she lifted up her paw and I grabbed my light bar on the controller and I high fived her and it felt so satisfying. And it was just this undeniable moment of just fucking charming gameplay that I, I, I really could not, if you were to ask me, before I played Moss, what like probably is the selling point for VR to own it? It would definitely have been Res. There's a few other really like, like charming moments, like, like super hot, simulator. super hot for me would have been like the VR <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah, but if you have a VR, if you have a PlayStation VR, you need it, Moss is a must own. So is, what are we looking at retail, like price wise? Thirty dollars. Okay, because I because I still it have is, the VR headset I was borrowing, so I think that might be the game I had to play before I. I absolutely encourage it. you to play it today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I absolutely like, and and here's the thing too. Another thing, it, it, like because like what it does is so subtle, it doesn't really put you at danger of getting sick motion wise, or, mm-hmm. or even like it doesn't overwhelm you. Like it, it at some points it could, mm. but like. There there are some definitely tricky spots where the collectibles are put in, like, really hard-to-see areas. Like, in one particular level, like, I almost had to get out of the play radar, like, the play scope of vision for the camera. Because, like, it is in this nook and cranny that you really have to actually lower your head down and see uh, for the certain collectibles. But it's great. The combat is tight. Um, as the, the disembodied spirit, you can also possess and take control of enemies and uh you can use them as a means of either stunning or defense uh i even like there's an enemy that shoots and i took control of that enemy that shot and actually used it as an ally and shot against the other mobs of enemies um the only thing so far is there's definitely a lack of boss fights but i i don't know how they'd be able to successfully do it given like the nature like everything else in the game in its own right stands really well mm-hmm. combat exploration i don't know i can't i can't sing its praises high enough i'll definitely have a review out for it soon um the only other game i've been playing I, I won't have to talk about it much but um dragon ball fighter z uh has been something that's been commanding my console a lot as well 
Um, I had no idea that the story mode would be so well done. And really, it, I, it's I, really well done. I was say, I've heard it's not great, so I guess I've been hearing conflicting stories about that. So what do you think? Um, well, okay, so you're a Dragon Ball fan. Yes. So that's what I was about to say. Okay, it's well, fan service well, is fuck. Okay, so okay, that and that, that's <laughs> I think is kind yeah. of the that's where the line's drawn. If you're a fan of the series, you're gonna enjoy it. But I think if you're not so much that the story mode may be lacking. Possibly. Um I mean, there's a lot of it that in seems a, in, a bit... in, a, in a day and age that we have stuff like Nether Realm games. You know what I mean? Like that's the bar set pretty high, I think, nowadays for story modes and, yeah. and fighting games. I think the game de- definitely does take uh, advantage of the, like the juxtaposition of certain personalities and like also like big moments in uh, the Dragon Ball lore. Um, like there, there's surprising amount of callbacks to, um, surprising amount of callbacks to uh, Dragon Ball, as well as Dragon Ball Z. Um, I really found myself kind of just enjoying and not skipping the cutscenes, uh and and also the voice work between like the the funimation voice staff especially with like all the work that like uh chris ayers chris sabat and sean chamel have been able to do and everybody else that's kind of like given their or or, kind of shaped the identity of these characters voices in, in, in like north american english culture and and even then going back to like Nayoka's voice and everybody else like in um the Japanese dub uh it's actually like for the most part I'm not quite certain but I think Bulma's voice actor actually got quite a few or no 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 I'm mistaken her replacement voice actor is actually doing all the lines there she did pass away before uh those recording sessions took place but aside Um, from that dude like everything about the game is super sharp the... Oh yeah, it looks great. I mean, it, it uses the same engine as uh, Guilty Gear Zerd, right? Y- yes, but like, there's definitely like, as far as the, um, I I would say like the 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 game is way more frenetic. There's also more of a long distance game that's played. Like, nearly every character uh has a means to like kind of close distance and and do melee in their own different Jug- way like ass close juggles. quarters right yeah. yeah like i i'm still not entirely up to par on the meta game of it because uh like it's got a really 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 simple setup like Which you can i think it's great because the game like you could theoretically button mash and still be very effective but there is a counter to that cuz you play stuff like Marvel vs. Capcom, you really can't button mash in that game. No. This, you could do it and kind of be successful, but there is a a workaround to that if you know what you're doing because you can start the string combo by just mashing, but then you can kind of like branch off of that initial combo and then kind of go into like your own combos that aren't just button mashing. So if you have the tech to, to do some of the combos and branch off and do your own thing, then it gives you the ability to go from that base... I'm starting this combo off by, you know, hitting a couple of buttons and then kind of work it into your own combo. Or you can just go with the, how it normally strings together. Like there, there's, yeah. it, it, it's approachable for casual players and it's approachable for higher level of play for sure. I, I the one thing that does bother me about Dragon Ball Fighter Z is like all the advanced techniques, like every single one of them use a, uh, a power meter of the special power bar that you mm-hmm. build up. And I mean, 
they're for advanced like when you're in when you're in combat with like an advanced player like there are very few opportunities to actually build it up through the the charging mechanic that they like offer uh so you kind of got to try to organically build it up mm-hmm. and uh some of the team assist dynamics aren't as fluid as like Marvel versus Capcom like I don't know I I don't it could be totally a barrier of skill that I just have yet to cross. So, I mean, I'm not entirely quoting this as a definitive criticism, but I've noticed, and I'd like to say that I've been around the block with some fighters, that um, a lot of the, 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 the tag-in moves or assists, like what you can do, um, I, I, I feel like there's a, a frame-perfect accuracy that needs to be achieved to do them effectively. Otherwise, like... I mean, you can do some of the support moves, but just, like, chaining them in, um, I don't know. Unless, like, I, the, the the team that I see most often, especially when it comes to, like, advanced players, are, like, Hit and Beerus. Because Beerus has, uh, like, a key energy attacks that actually follow him, and he can summon multiples at the same time to do exactly what you mentioned, Andrew, juggle like a motherfucker. <laughs> You bring them in and you then go ahead and sub hit in at the right time. And then if you also like kind of have um, Super Saiyan Blue Goku like also uh, running like uh, fucking like damage on that, you you can fucking ace somebody out. Like you can take out two fighters easily oh, and yeah. then just suffocate and put pressure. Mm-hmm. So... I I don't know. I, I really, really enjoy that there's a, a game out there that kind of, like, put me in this. Again, I mean, now that it's out, I can definitively say that, like, leagues and bounds way better than Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. And I'm kind of, like, I almost think that Capcom... I mean, granted, Capcom has, like, Monster Hunter World success to kind of fall back yeah, on. Because I mean, is... I will say, I don't think Ma- Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is a terrible game. Like, it's actually quite just from what i've seen the mechanics and just what i've seen of gameplay like it has decent gameplay it just doesn't have the roster that it needs and it obviously doesn't have the support i don't know that it needs. some of the the gameplay is a little disjointed too like i said i'm not a fan of the space stones and like i still feel like every time they fix one exploit I, a new one comes up I, I guess to me it feels a lot like street fighter or cross the Tekken. Infinity phones yeah it feels like street fighter cross tekken with they did like the gem system like it feels a lot the, like the, that the gem system was more balanced, though. Like wow. because the gem I was gonna system... say, I felt like it was like the opposite. I thought that this was more balanced. I mean, it was still fucked up, but like, yeah. it, I th- I don't know. That's that's a personal preference, man. I feel like, yeah, and right. even then, like I also with Street Fighter Cross Tekken, there wasn't as to me personally. Like, I mean, it could make the difference, but not to the extent that the stones, the Infinity Stones, do in Infinite. Like those. those will make or break, like, uh, a victory in the match. Versus gotcha. the gems, they are just icing for, yeah. like, advanced players. Okay. So that's where I think the balance comes in. But anyway, um, no, Dragon Ball Fighter Z is so goddamn good. Um, I I think in terms of presentation, uh, I don't... I, I'm surprised. I think the story is a little long-winded, but it really... I don't know. For fan service, it does it great. Uh, but there's also a lot of other moments that even happened, like online just everything about it i would have to say that it is definitively the best dragon ball game like period 
hands down. It even like and it and it, t- it pays homage. I'm saying a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah like yeah. Xenoverse was cool. Yeah, but then when you play this, like you could never go back to Xenoverse. Xenoverse is just so slow. I, just, I, I like, guess because they're all fighting games in some respect. Like you get like the like the jump all stars games and stuff like that. Like they're all kind of fighting games, but they're like that Bandai Namco weird like third. I don't know. Like it's not. Like that discount store Smash clone. Yeah, it's not 2D, it's not 3D. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to describe it as. It's not, you know, it's not like a, like a 2D plane fighting game. It's not like Tekken side, sidestepping tech. You know, it's, just, it's its own thing. It's like a big open arena, but you can be in third person and kind of run around. I don't know. I I highly recommend it, though. Like, I really, really, I guarantee this game will command plenty of uh, love at evo i can't wait to see some of the stuff they come up with at evo i think that's going to be outstanding for sure yeah i i've just been seeing like in in, like every day i'm seeing from like some like top competitors in the game i'm seeing new strats for uh tn and gotenks not a lot of gotenks players out there um but there's there's some tech stuff that you see for every goddamn goku player and for every (laughs) I mean, he's overpowered. Sure, like, sure. Both in the like, he's he's a Mary Sue in the show, and he is a go-to like in um the game. I don't know. I'm not too excited about the announcements of uh the two DLC characters so far, like Bardock and God. The other one was Brawly. Yeah, I think Bardock so. and Brawly are like. Yeah. I, me personally. Like there, there's been like some complaints that like Dragon Ball Fighter Z is too much of a sausage fest, and I absolutely agree. Like <laughs> there's, uh, there's a lot more that they can kind of do with the lore, especially with Super. Uh, if they're pulling Super characters, there's been a lot of strong females that they've introduced in the current arc, so I don't see why they couldn't be brought in as well. Um, but there, there definitely needs to be more girl power in the roster. Either way, I'm really digging it. I, I hope that Arc Systems like stays on top of supporting this one for a while because that's the thing. Like, they've made some lofty promises with like Blast Blue and stuff before. Anyway, um, that's all I've been playing. I, I will have a review up for Dragon Ball Fighter Z as well. Um. I've been playing some other stuff, but what, uh, what, I'll what, definitely talk about What do you have Dragon Ball on, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, Xbox One. <sighs> okay. Good good to hear. I do as well. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I like the D-pad for... Uh, yeah, I was going to say, same. I, I, I need a reason to break out. I'll probably rock the fight stick, honestly, if I do play it. I have it on one, you but I have the not. the dragon? I, I will. That's what I call it. That's what, I, that's, that's what I call my, my joystick, the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um yeah uh but we'll at some point if you're not doing anything tomorrow we'll because like i i'm gonna finish up some other stuff yeah i'd be down to i that game to me i i think it's a i don't know how well it would do with the stick but i i know for a fact it feels very friendly for pad players good good there's not many that do i i I don't feel like honestly i think the only game a fighting game that maybe would be well on controller is probably like uh uh, Injustice, like I feel like Injustice does yeah. pretty well with the pad. I don't know, man. So. Guilty Gear, some of the earlier iterations of Guilty Gear were pretty good on pad. Uh, yeah, on pad. Yeah, not so much Blast Blue. No, Blast yeah, Blue. not 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 as much. I agree. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. 
yeah, let's talk about the future topic, man. Let's get let's get it on the Nintendo Switch. Let's feel good about it. It's time to switch it up. I see what you did there. So Jesus. Um. So the switch was released. What March third? March third. Yeah. So, March third. Right, yeah. Twenty seventeen, and um, it. I want to say it became the quickest selling Nintendo console. It it didn't take long for it to beat the Wii's uh sales numbers, mm-hmm. and man, I. Fastest selling in Japan, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Of all time, yeah. Dude, okay, so so kind of going back, like I kind of want to just get your overall impressions about how you felt prior to the system's release. I, I know I had recently left the retail space before the system had come out. And leading up to that point, there was some, I guess like the hardcore were excited about it, but overall, the, the general consensus, like the, the, the overall... I guess excitement for it wasn't there. And this was probably end of January that people were kind of looking forward to it, but didn't have that fever pitch that we're kind of seeing even now. So just for the both of you, like when, when, when did it really like catch fire? When did people start getting really like excited about this? Do you think? Me personally, like the moment the, that reveal trailer came out and you kind of, just saw what they were doing and what it was supposed to be and uh-huh. kind of got more time with it. And the fact that like at that time we, we saw breath of the wild. We saw that running. We, there was glimpses of Skyrim being played on a fucking airplane. Yeah. Uh, in high f- fidelity, it would seemingly no concessions for it being played on said airplane. And like just the promise of like brand new games, a brand new Splatoon, a brand new Mario. Um, I I think Nintendo kind of took stock for where they were at in the industry and and uh what they did wrong with the Wii U and I that's the one thing that I I really like it's very mixed for me to say as far as like my overall impression to the Switch because I want to say that the Switch is this amazing piece of hardware with with its own identity but for the moment, I really feel like this it's this knee-jerk reaction to the wasted years of the Wii U. Yeah. Like, here's what we should have done originally, and we didn't. So now this is what we're going to capitalize on, like, the things we should have done and, and, and didn't the first time around. And, I mean, as I, we were mentioning before, there's so many different re-releases to the point where, like, I... You know, I I personally I like my Wii U. I I definitely I wouldn't say it's my favorite no. by any means, but like compared to the Switch, I it, can't imagine you would like it all that much because it seems like the Switch does everything better. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, yeah, I I would say that. Like, there's I don't know, there like 
I'm really curious to see how Captain Toad will play on it because I think Captain Toad's definitely it definitely takes advantage of like the second screen uh mechanic. There there are certain games with like the second screen mechanic that like uh I don't know exactly how well it's going to translate, but at this point like the the whole mentality of just like put it on the Switch, I'm all for it and there've been tons of games that uh have surprisingly worked out well like doom plays fucking incredibly on this thing uh skyrim plays wonderfully on this thing i i was really taken aback about how smooth and how brilliant um a lot of, of these games looked and and not only that um I don't know. I was one of the ones that lucked out with as far as the uh, some of the Joy-Con issues that were experienced with some of the early launches. But even then, Nintendo's attention to detail, like really the only thing that is holding Nintendo back from dominating the market is Nintendo themselves. And, and the fact that like there are still some things that the Switch lacks that I don't know if they'll ever really uh, uh, take a hold of. Online stuff probably be one of the big ones, I would think. The just the, the cloud, just the fact that yeah. like the I it it's so it is absolutely baffling to me that we have this system that encourages and and is promoted uh with such a uh with such an emphasis on taking it everywhere that you can with you, knowing full well the danger of doing that and the fact that it could be at any point like physically rendered physically fucking useless, broken to all shit, uh-huh. and in no way, shape, or form. Uh, would you be able to recover any of the data that was on that switch with the replacement? Like it's so weird to so say it's that it's, it's not like account locked or anything. Like it's all like tied to your account no. where you can reaccess it. Oh, yeah. no. I think even then, from like it's not even just that. It's just the save data. Yeah, and and everything. Yeah, yeah. I I. I and it's it's still weirdly tied too to profiles. It's not like I've I've not played a single game on the Switch that has like its own internal save system. <laughs> like you're not saving I, it to the game itself. You're saving it to your console profile. Okay. Oh, your yeah. profile. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so it's no. Go ahead. No, I'm just it. It it's still got a lot of weird quirks that like you know that are undeniably Nintendo and and for the most part that's kind of frustrating Mm -hmm. but like they it it, it's always found a way to make up for like these little shortcomings by like giving like there i never thought i'd say this but there's so much variety on this fucking system now like but i mean good variety yeah like it feels like a a snes like right now i like i feel like they kind of learned that they learned their lesson because i think that the wii when that was in its like highest popularity it did get a lot of third-party support, which I think the Switch is starting to get now, which has always been Nintendo's, like, hardest thing to obtain is, is the third-party support for their console. And I think they're getting the third-party support now, but it's not the shovelware that we saw with the Wii. It's not titles being released for the sake of being Oh, no, there's still shovelware on the Switch. Okay, okay, I was going to say, I, I personally haven't seen so much in the ways of shovelware. I have seen some pretty bad ports. Like uh, a lot of the 2K games, especially like really, really, really bad ports for the Switch. But I, I personally haven't seen a lot of shovelware. But I guess it's probably pretty easy to get that I, stuff on there. It, it it's got its own like I don't know as far as the 
the barometer of uh, access for like how they work with the system's architecture. Like, uh, like you mentioned the 2K ports, like uh, the WWE 2K, yeah, no good. 18 yeah. is b- poopy, yeah. and like just the installation takes there. And then uh, I definitely don't think Le Noir that 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 would be the system <laughs> oh, that you would play. The, no, 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 not really. Um, I, but at the same time, like Rocket League's incredible. I love Rocket League on the Switch. I, I, and it's got the cool nifty Nintendo flavor, like it does with every. Yeah. You know, put put a hat on it. Get Nintendo Dude. hat. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I, I I'm curious though. I just I know I haven't had. I personally don't have a lot of experience with this, so I'm gonna concede a lot of my discussion to the both of you because you have switches, you've had them probably pretty close to launch, I would think. But I know Sayer, you have not been the most uh I guess notable fan of Nintendo in recent memory. So no. so what point did you say, Okay, the Switch is the, the console I'm gonna get next? Like what 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 was the tipping point for you because you are a pretty a week before a week before launch okay what was it what Actually, was it that, yeah. that, that sold you um well especially like from the way that it was uh, it was presented and the way we saw it designed I was like that thing is gonna break uh-huh. but when I finally when I got hands on with it basically about a week before launch and uh, the overall feeling of quality convinced me that this was a solid piece of kit as solid as uh, as solid as i i would have uh, i would have liked it anyway um i was still really apprehensive about the the software yeah. and uh there were times like our audience would engage us on bullet heaven and uh, they'd say so when are you buying a switch and i would you know heavily sarcastically say oh i'll get it when there's enough shooting games to uh to play on it to make it worthwhile and uh you know, as it turns out, it's probably it's not number one yet, but it has the potential to be number one very soon this generation for shoot 'em ups. Because I was gonna say, I remember when the current gen systems were coming out, it seemed like they were gonna throw their hat in for Xbox. Like Cave was saying, they're gonna be developing games for Xbox, and it seemed like a lot of the shmups were gonna be coming to that console. Although the Xbox yeah, in Japan, Triangle Service, and even yeah. though the Xbox in Japan has not always. You know, Ben, like, they're... oh god, it's being marketed as a Blu-ray player. Yeah, now, yeah, like, like, but pretty much, but, it's like single thousand units a month. But but you <laughs> figured that would be the thing that would sell it, right? Is that genre being yeah. on that console? And then the Switch came out, and now it's like that 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 yeah, is I the mean, console uh, the for place, that, that genre. The PlayStation, the PlayStation Four actually nabbed a lot of games that were supposed to be uh, Xbox One exclusive, like. Right, uh, Triangle Rydan Service was supposed I think, to, wasn't it? Or no, Raiden yeah. was Xbox exclusive, and then it came to PS4. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, it, it was a, a rebalanced, re uh, redone version. Of, they called it the director's yeah. cut. So you know, in a lot of ways, it's better than the Xbox version as well. Although I, we didn't think it was the best Raiden uh-huh. game, but um, and we had people trying to correct us on that, and I'm I'm like, nah, fuck off. Do you off. know? Do you know who Sarah Riding is? Do you forth. know his score in Raiden Fighter Aces? Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I, Dude, I used to be number one. He still got the score on Fighter Aces. Uh, like no, no? Th- that 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 score is long gone. Yeah. Oh really? But at any time, at any time, I could take the number one Let's spot again. Let's go. Let's do it, man. Dude, I'm ready. Let <laughs> that be a fucking warning. You, yeah, you you've been warned. Would be covered. Line in the sand. I, <laughs> it's so funny too. You mentioned like you were afraid to break that thing. I'm like, 
I, I was actually curious to see what would it take to break it because it's Nintendo made. God damn it. And yeah. fucking a thousand foot fall hasn't even broken one of these goddamn Survived things. it. It yeah, survived a exactly. 1,000 foot fall. <laughs> That's crazy. So, I mean, granted, it probably all, yeah. would just be the exact, it was the odds of like the point of impact <laughs> and how it hit the ground, but that's still insane to me. We I, didn't have I, any joy regardless, though, no matter how it hits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. dude, I, oh, yeah. I would fucking go splat. Like, that's ex- that's exactly why like <laughs> a lot of people criticize Nintendo for not putting a glass screen on it. Well, that's exactly yeah, why. Yeah, that's the exact reason why you don't do it. Yeah, agreed. You know? So, anyways, I didn't have, I didn't actually have any Joy-Con issues with mine either. So, to mirror what George said there, uh, I wouldn't say that we lucked out in having no Joy-Con issues. I think that was just a, an extremely vocal, minuscule minority issues. of people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think it was enough to. I mean, but at the same time, I could say that like there was this tension of detraction. Like people were, people are ready to hate this thing. People yes, were, they were. Yeah, I think people even, were ready to like say, it. "No, Nintendo, you, you fucked up once again. Like you can't do anything right." Like I, I think <laughs> when people, people were. I was ready. People to do were that. ready for it to fail. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, but uh, but uh, yeah, I'm glad I was on board because it's such an integral. Like I don't play any many other game systems more than my Switch. I think uh, you know definitely PlayStation Four has fallen to the wayside. There's the odd game every now and again that'll pop in and uh, and play, but. But nine times out of ten, man, I'm I'm on the Switch, and uh, oddly enough, I've never had it hooked up to my main TV. It's always been in the studio or handheld. Yeah, I weirdly enough, I'm not playing my Switch as much as I used to. Like, I definitely would say that the PlayStation Four and and Steam Mm -hmm. uh, is kind of commanding my time a little bit more. Uh, Still, I mean, there are certain things that kind of get under my skin. The fact that like there's Anything that's indie related, um, like in, in concern to new releases, or are, are actually kind of re-releases, things that have already played on Steam. So, I I have been finding some difficult. Like, if there are some that I really want to play on the go, I'll definitely grab them. Especially like my portable alternative, otherwise for Steam Play, is my fucking heavy ass laptop. But um, aside from that, like I don't know, man. Like I. I feel as though like there's a few things that are kind of stopping me from playing the Switch more fervently than I am, and I kind of hope that like with Nintendo Labo and uh, just with the new Smash, like there there's, and we were gonna talk about how we've confirmed that that is in fact a new Smash game. Yeah, Uh, I'm curious. Like how how does that work? Because I think a lot of people were expecting it to be a re-release because of the recent releases. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, because it is coming out this year, they date it 2018. So, for them to come out with a new Smash this year seems it seems totally reasonable. But I guess the last... they've been working on it for like two years, right? Well, they could have even been working on it longer. Because keep in mind, Smash for Wii U and 3DS came out four years ago. It came God out damn, in 2014. Really? Oof. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's crazy. And if it was going to be a remake of those games then the copyright trademark would state as such. Every Redux that you see will date back to its original release. Okay. Look at Mario Kart yeah. 8 Deluxe. Look at, uh, fuck, Twilight Princess on the Wii U. Look at any remake. And typically, <laughs> if it's had some... Versus sort of... Mario Brothers. <laughs> yeah. 
It's, yeah. it's always going to cite back to its original. So when you see that the trademark for whatever was advertised is uh, slated for 2018. That's a good sign. It's good, a, good. Yeah. And then plus, just like from everything else that I saw, I, I if anything, I'm, I very much doubt that there, it's going to be like a brand new engine or a brand new metagame. I think there is going to be a continuation of what we saw on um, Smash for Wii U. But like that, I'm not is... so sure about that because it's HAL that's actually doing the development this time. And Namco Bandai did the primary development for the other one. Before that, uh, the one on the Wii, which was Brawl, was uh, developed by Sora. So yeah, with Hal back uh, on on oh, deck, it's going to be more like it's going to be more like Hal. I don't want well, melee. No. Was Hal sixty four and GameCube? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go back to GameCube style, and I'm I'm in. Ah. Uh, ah no, man! Melee is the best of them all. I, Easily. It's really yeah fucking overrated melee is easily so overrated, no dude. i i i honestly nah, yeah, much better yeah, balance I melee is the way to go. i've i've played every single one of them and i kind of hated them after melee melee was the best one same with double dash double dash is the best mario kart fight me <laughs> no double dash is the best <laughs> fight mario me kart, hands down <laughs> yeah fucking like there's no like you're there's no way you can i don't know i do they meet, they Mario Kart 8 Deluxe dash. is pretty close, man. Okay. They brought back something great from Double Dash, but like there still needs to be more. It needs to be those double double cart options. It, the moment it includes a double racing option, I'll ch- I'll fucking change my mind right there and then. Quadruple Dash. Uh, it's too much. Put that <laughs> too, away. Too That's many, just some Mario dashes. Party 10 shit right there. Um, um, right. So I, I'm kind of curious, <laughs> like for myself, who have I, I have not yet purchased a Switch. There's probably a few games that I would want to buy a Switch to play. Odyssey being one of them for sure. Um, but to be honest, like I'm actually looking forward to some of the really more weird releases coming out for the Switch this year. Like uh, No More Heroes when that comes out, which which yes. now it's like Octopath a, Traveler. Oh, that that that, Project that does look cool. That so does that good. that does look cool. The No More Heroes thing really they, surprised me. They dropped me. the project from the name, by the way. Oh, uh, now it's just Octopath yeah, Traveler. So just yeah. I, I was kind of hoping it was going to be the next Saga game, but oh, oh. Like, like we have like the what's it, Project Rainfall, when we brought all the like three RPGs to the Wii, like something like that. Op Rainfall. Op Rainfall. That's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was a different thing. That was just a bunch of people saying, "Hey, Nintendo, <laughs> we want your stuff. Excuse yeah, me, please. We want to give you money." But yeah, No More Heroes. <laughs> I want to get, which is now like a top-down yeah. game, kind of, from what I saw. Uh, and also the next. Uh, I don't think it's... Is it actual, like, Shin Megami Tensai? Like, more like the proper Shin Megami Tensai storyline for the next release they're talking about? Isn't like it, like, SMT5? I, yeah, is I think not? so. I think so. Okay, but here's my issue. There's not enough <coughs> funky mode. There's so many games that could use <coughs> new funky mode, and none of them have funky mode. The There's only fuck one... fuck is funky mode? I don't know, but I want you to take me to Funky Town. Jesus, uh, Funky Mode, dude, for Tropical Tropical Freeze is uh, also getting a re-release on Switch, and that's like the big selling point. It's just <sighs> being able to play as Funky Kong with new Funky Mode. Um, yeah, I don't. Is Mario Tennis Aces is that a remake of Power Tennis? It, or... it, it looks new from what I've seen from the direct. Yeah, yeah it looks all new for sure. I mean, they're. I think if anything, you know, to finish this out, because I'm 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 very excited about the Switch still, but like I I think what's fair is we should really um, 
kind of do a quick report card on it and kind of just like talk about what I what I really want to see with the Switch. I want to see two things and like I think it would I would be all over it. Virtual console and yeah. uh and a cloud cloud system, like a robust actual online system, especially if they're planning to charge soon. And I um I think uh, what I'd like to see that those are good choices, but more so, I would like to see bigger game cards because none of none of this fucking download a bunch yeah, of think... shit to an SD card. Just put it on the fucking. And that's card. coming. Thirty two gigs is and more that's than coming, enough. but they said not till next year. Is what I'd heard last. More than enough. Yeah. Hey man, it. I mean, I did still like. A big deciding factor between that and getting something on PlayStation Four or Xbox One, where every game, regardless, Precisely. will have you installed. Always, always. Yeah. yeah. So, I get. I mean, I, they, I guess for myself, but at least it's all on the disc. Yeah. The only thing that would maybe make me buy a Switch quicker than what I've already kind of committed to, because I have not picked up a Switch yet, but I think that more likely one of those games, either No More Heroes or Shin Megami Tensei, will probably be a system seller for me. And I think No More Heroes is coming out sooner than Shin Megami Tensei is. Uh, I, I, I just, I guess I personally don't play games portably enough to really warrant having it for that reason. Because, like, I have a Vita, I have a 3DS, and I don't play them that often because I'm not playing my games portably. So, I think that's, like, a big selling point for the console is that you can take it on the go. But if that's not really a big selling point for me i i don't know what would sell me on the system other than that like i i guess i guess maybe the, i want to say like I, like, a, like a, a really good online game. yeah see i'm not definitely grab it for labo i i am honestly not excited about that at all like not even a little bit it's just it's, it's not exciting the way the way that I see it, though, is like I didn't think that I'd be taking it on the go very much myself yeah. either. But the reality is, it's like, you know, when you've got a system that you're playing on a TV, like there are going to be times there have always been times, I think, throughout gaming history where people are like, man, I wish I could be playing this game right now. Yeah. And this lets you do that. And to have the choice to do that, you will find yourself doing it okay. more. Yeah, absolutely. Like. Um, just the other day, I, I tab, <laughs> there's a, there's an open Wi-Fi signal at the coffee shop that's right beside the store that I work at. And, uh, I'll tap into that Wi-Fi to post an online score in, uh, in Star Force, just like yeah. that. Right. So, so, so maybe in a lot of ways, maybe the online aspect will make or break a lot of the momentum. I think that the system has, because I think if the online doesn't I mean, do it well, could, yeah. I mean, the Vita made the mis- Sony made the mistake of like making uh, Vita units actually have a data plan, which were God. Really I have I have one of the originals, so you get like the AT and T plans with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, Vita with a SIM card, man. That's that's bad. It and it and it, and it just it did not work out no. to the way that it nope. and it didn't have the the network coverage that it needed. Yeah. So I. You know, I kind of like the more scaled back approach that Nintendo has with the Switch and, and with the fact that Wi-Fi is so readily available in a lot of public areas anyway, it works out. But yeah, I I think if just getting a cloud storage and just something more or less more like a much more sophisticated online system. I mean, the, the same shit we've been asking for for years, but like now with like hardware and like games and titles that actually like make use of it. Uh, I would be all over, but really, I I kind of like 
I kind of want the Switch to start being its own thing again. I feel like there is a few games that really got us in that mood, and now it's just... God, like, the whole thing has just been, like, this fucking requiem for, like, like uh, what was cool about the Wii U and what they want to fix and go back to. Like, there, I don't know, there's some, like, Okami HD makes perfect sense. Yeah. Undertale makes absolute sense. Hell, I fucking really hope that there's going to be an Undertale amiibo. Uh, the only figurines are those fan gamer oh fig- my God, figures. That'd but be like, great. Yeah, I missed out. Yeah. I missed out on the Dark Souls one that sold out so goddamn quick. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. I can't pre-order it anyway. Nope, it's a GameStop exclusive actually, so you can only get it there. And I don't even mm. fucking give two shits about Dark Souls, but it's a goddamn amiibo, and I want it now. <laughs> Fuckers, I, I want it. I know. Too. <laughs> I hear you, man. Um, but it's yeah, just like the fact that a Dark Souls game is gonna be on the Switch, like yeah. there's, and even then <laughs> with Fractured But Whole. And just like I'm surprised, Far Cry wasn't fucking announced. Not yet. Give it time, man. It's Ubisoft. I'm Cra- sure they will eventually. Crash, Crash Bandicoot, though. Yeah, 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 that's a that's a big deal for sure. And it's weird that it's not coming it's out to Xbox deal. One at all. <laughs> nope. Also, God, yeah, at, like, at Xbox is now the Nintendo system. It's just like we're gonna skip over <laughs> that entirely. Like you don't get that game. Sorry, guys. It's weird. I, I would say as far as a report card, I definitely give the Switch an A for its games. Uh I'd give it a a B for its uh essentially some of the hardware capabilities that we've seen with it so far. I'd definitely give it an A for like the anticipated uh the anticipation that they built yeah. and and lately like Nintendo's been knocking it out of the part and owning up to it and like they're, they've definitely met allocation. I see SNES classics everywhere. I see Switches everywhere. It's nice to know that like there's they're building that stock that they promised that they would, and they're still selling through it, but doing so in a, in a very healthy pace. Yeah. Uh, but I absolutely, I don't know. There's over still over fourteen million units. Eh? I mean, they they, they yeah. are listening and they are learning. I think they're finally able to take feedback and actually incorporate into things they do in their. It almost feels like Nintendo of America's running the show in a lot of ways. That's what it feels like to me. It feels like they're running the show. They're well, the ones that are making the I decisions. Mean, technically, it is because uh, Kimishima is from uh, NOA. Mm. Ah, okay. That makes a lot of sense. It actually. does. It does because I mean, we've seen what's happened in the past where it feels like you know NOA is the ones that are kind of like being told what to do. But if they're in the driver's seat, I feel like they're the ones that can make the right calls. So. It makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I look forward to seeing, you know, where the, the switch will be uh, a year from now. Um, especially with the fact that, like, at this point, I think we've kind of peaked. The only other, like, exciting thing, in my personal opinion, isn't the 4K, isn't the incremental upgrades. It's uh, VR. And, like, I'm definitely excited to see, like, how Nintendo responds to that because it sounds like they're definitely going for the more AR approach. Just like the Switch tablet like on your face basically is what they're going to go. Yeah, yeah. I fucking knows, man. I wouldn't I wouldn't well, put it past they'll them. They'll make a uh, they'll probably make some sort of a headset that has lenses in it that you just plug your Switch into like the Samsung VR. Yeah, gear. that's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, basically. And that could work, you know. You've got the motion controllers already. Why not? Um but yeah, they're I'm kind of excited to see where that all goes and 
uh, hopefully, uh, we'll we'll probably have have even better to say about it uh, a year from now. Until then, I don't know, man. I'm I'm fucking terrified to take that thing with me, knowing that like I can lose everything. You know how many hours I have on fucking Breath of the Wild? Mm -mm. Nope, staying safe for now. Yeah, a lot more than my ten hours, I'm sure. Yeah, no, it's it's hanging out docked. Yeah, and and better than my better than my game save on my Wii U version that I still have. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I think uh, I think it's a good spot here for uh, episode end. Yeah, cool. Sounds good. Hopefully I'll get a switch by the time we talk about this next year. I I won't forgive you. I know, I know. Just throw the switch and do it. (laughs) There we go. Uh, This has been episode 107 of Press Podge Radio. Somehow you like began and ended that segment with that same thing. I don't know how you do it, sir. It's it's a it gift. It's, it's a, a shitty <laughs> gift, but it's a gift. We we appreciate I, you sharing the gift every, it. every time. We praise it yes. with all the love and sun that we can. Um, it's <laughs> like it's like getting secondhand socks for Christmas. Hey, um, you always have a hey need man, for them. I've never I never <laughs> thought I'd appreciate socks the way I do, but it's, it's like I, I hate them. They suffocate your fucking feet. But now that I need them in my day job, there's nothing better like, than changing your socks like midday. Like if you got something going on, your feet hurt, just change your socks. Oh, it's a Game changer. Game changer. Uh, yeah. I'd rather keep them off. But anyway, this is episode 107 of Press Pause Radio. Uh, if you like what you listen to, please feel free to go ahead and subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, as well as uh, you will find us on SoundCloud. Again, our SoundCloud's on and off because we've been having troubles with the platform, but I promise we'll definitely get some more consistency there. And uh, also, as I had mentioned, we are trying to uh gradually incorporate our episodes onto the YouTube page where we'll have a playlist on our YouTube with the pre-PR uh, the PPR broadcast uh where you can listen in, to our podcast but also on the PPR broadcast you can subscribe to us to catch a load of play play videos that we've done our press pause video uh specials as well as also uh some super plays and some other uh, cool coverage that we've done for video games in the past also uh, we do have a Twitch channel, which uh, recently Andrew has uh, streamed Sea of Thieves, yes. uh, his access to the beta. I believe he's planning to do that one more time when he goes and gives a shot, I believe. Uh, when, when's the last beta? The last beta is actually going as of this recording, so hopefully I'll be able to jump in. But uh, th- now that you mentioned the Twitch channel, I would like to hopefully be streaming more often on Twitch, uh, more of our limelight feature, uh, showcasing a lot of games in early access and games in beta state. Uh, also, kind of going hand-in-hand with that is uh, more curation through the Steam page. Uh, going through, cause I think early access is such a big deal now on PC games that I think limelight is a good way to showcase some of those games in early access and also kind of curate those games on the Steam page. So that's hopefully what we're going to be doing in the future going on. And hopefully some more game nights. I know we've talked about game nights uh, in the in the past. And I think that's something we can maybe try to incorporate and kind of get more actively again. So that's going to be a goal of, of mine personally, for sure. Yeah, just promise me we're not going to do fucking getting over it. Because like I'm now, I, I yeah, my, my tolerance for that is is non-existent. So yeah, that won't happen. <laughs> There we go. Nice. Um, and then we've got some new reviews coming out uh, for Florence, Secret of Mana, uh, Yakuza 6 uh, at, later on this month, as well as also Moss, uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, 
uh, Fear Effect Sedna and more. Uh, I've got some editorials that we're also going to be doing and some other features. And also there's some other play plays that we have down the pipeline uh, that will be hitting the website and our YouTube. So definitely check that out. Uh, Sarah, what's on the docket for Bullet Heaven? Ooh, we got all kinds of nice stuff. And I'd like to sort of uh, kind of cap off the whole Switch uh, conversation that we've been having here. Uh, I know some of you out there have sort of not exactly... Like, you've made it known that you don't like all the love we're giving the Switch. And I, th I find that a little weird. Uh, especially since so many shoot-em-ups have been going to the Switch. It kind of strikes me as odd because if all the relevant shooters are coming to the Switch... Why would we not cover them? So, um, with that said, we do have a new batch of sh uh, Switch shoot-em-ups that are going to be hitting Bullet Heaven in the near future. Uh, our next review, however, is going to be Pawarumi for the PC. Um, we also do, of course, streams on our Twitch channel, the Studio Mud Prince, um, through, uh, through my personal, my personal Twitch. Uh, simulcast on YouTube as well, the Weekend Mud Prince Megastream every Friday night, although we, we might change it to Saturday night, uh, depending on what scheduling is looking like in the near future. Um, aside from that, though, we are also doing other stream concepts like Single Pixel Hitbox and Random Play um, throughout the week as well. So time permitting, more streams could possibly happen, so stay tuned. Yeah. And also, I would like to mention the several times I've jumped into the YouTube uh, live streams that you've had the community there is actually pretty awesome like the people there are engaging they're asking questions they're participating like they're all super solid people so um i think it's a great group of people you got there you know usually hanging out on the weekends so it, it's a good time so if you got youtube pulled up and it's i always have youtube up on the weekends i always have youtube up in the background like if you have it pulled up like just pop in and you know just check it out for sure yeah it's uh it's, it's always a pretty good time we usually have around uh 20 concurrent viewers yeah. or so so it's pretty popping it's a lot of fun even from someone as myself i'm not a as educated on the genre but i feel like everyone there is super cool super you know they're, they're not the kind of people that are going to pass judgment on me for not knowing as much as i should so it, it's a good group of people uh, for sure i was planning a limelight as well uh kind of because i was uh thinking you know what with all the Secret of Mana that I've been playing with me and Val, I really want to play Saiken Ditsetsu 3, and I have a translated version of it uh, that I can play, and uh, I've been already kind of started a file, and I realized, you know, I can get this going, um, I can get this going on uh, Press Pause Radio, so that's also uh, in the docket, and I kind of want to get something going on, but yeah, Steam, we're gonna we're gonna uh, introduce some changes uh, as far as what we're gonna do for. Our anniversary as well because we didn't do anything last oh, year and we've been that so is busy. Coming up, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's coming up in the next couple of months. We'll we'll have something cool, but I really like to do something um, interactive. So also keep in mind uh, or uh, keep an eye out for that. Until then, this is Georgie Boy's axe, and I am so over this fucking spring cold. So sorry if I sounded like a blown out bus. You go, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your two is left on this weird camera layout that we have. I see. Because <laughs> you're next in line, see, from the top to the bottom. Am I really? Anyways, oh, man. Uh, this is, <laughs> you That's are, weird. yeah. I'll send you a screenshot. Okay, please do. Yeah. Boom. 
done. All right, this is your original Sarah, and uh, sorry for, uh, for for clinging to the Switch so hard, but uh, with so many great shooters, it's kind of hard not to. And also, uh, this is Toast, and I don't have a Switch, and maybe I'll get one this year. Uh, check me out on my Patreon. My, boo, bully the weirdo. My, my, my Patreon is is going to be buy me a Switch, and then I'm going to buy... Um, <laughs> I hope I will put a shirt out on the store <laughs> right now that just says fucking I will put it with just your like I got like do do you have a PayPal email address? I'll just put it just No, there, but right don't on, honestly on in, in all seriousness, don't if I ever put out a Patreon, don't you ever give a single fucking cent to my Patreon. You go you, <laughs> you, you know better. Go to Sarah's go to Sarah's Patreon and give him money for all the good music and videos. Absolutely, agreed. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. Uh, until I won't next say week. say no. <laughs> <laughs>